right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. All right, we live. Episode six. It's a, it's a uh, good number for talking about athlete history as we honor one each and every week. Yeah, um, right. I, I mean, I feel like we, we both have some people to speak on in our – you know, you have one person, I have one person, and then the one person that other people are going to have, we don't care to mention in the same breath as the other two. I mean, there's a lot, there was a, I was thinking about it. There's a lot of great number sixes across sports, but you're right. Yeah. When it comes down to the two of us, we each mm-hmm. have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to lead off or should we go in chronological order? I think that we should mention the one that won't be mentioned, which is LeBron James. Yeah, no, he's not number six. See, look, not even like, he's like, no, no, we're not. No. I thought you were talking about Stan Musial. That's a real number six. No, Stan Musial is 100% a real deal number six. Like number six, he's on the Mount Rushmore for number sixes. But, oh, sure. you know, the people who are listening are going to be like, well, you know, LeBron, he won two championships wearing number six. Uh, he's probably as prime. And that's cute. That's cute. You know, Eddie Jones was also an all-star before Kobe. He wore number six. But we're talking about the greatest people who ever wore six. So with no further ado, you know who my number six is going to be. It's going to be the doctor, Julius Irving, who I believe is the most underrated great player in his generation. When I talk about generation, I don't mean the ABA. I mean the 80s, the end of the 70s and the 80s. I think that because Julius Irving was bigger than life, he was the first basketball superstar that we pretend like he gets the credit for being as great as he actually was. I think that we've mistaken his popularity for his greatness and his greatness was even greater than his popularity. I definitely think that's fair because I feel like the credit that he always gets is for being one of the true revolutionaries um, in modernizing the game. You know, I feel he's often credited with being the one who, brought the game above the rim like it had never been before. Um, But I agree. Yeah, I don't think that nearly enough his actual accolades uh, are mentioned, but he's always in every all-time list. So, you know. And he was probably part of the greatest single NBA season team ever, the 1983 Sixers. not saying it's a dynasty, but the 1983 Sixers team, man, that's that's a smack in the face. And I get it. He didn't win as many championships as he probably should have won. But I don't even think I agree with that because I think that every time he played against a, a, a championship caliber team, his teams weren't good enough to win. It wasn't because of him. Like, he went up against the Lakers. He went up against the Celtics. He went up against those Bucks teams with Oscar Robinson and, and at that time, Lou Alcindor. Like, it's, like it's, it's hard when you're the only one out there who, who can do whatever he wants on the court, but your teammates just, isn't at, just aren't at that same level. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking through stats. Obviously, he tore up the ABA, which we knew. Um, they said if they include his ABA stats, he would be the NBA's all-time leader in points and steals. Let's, let's see what they credit him with. I'm curious. Um, let's see, total points. So it credits him from 71 to 87, which I definitely feel like they're missing some ABA years in there. <laughs> well, although, no, I mean, that's a 21 to 36. So all of that included, he just gets over 30,000 points. Mm, Which I don't know off the top of my head where that puts him, but very high up. I think that puts him second 
or third. It has to be top three because nobody has – only two people I think has 30,000 points, and I think that's your guy. Uh, bronze, up, bronze up there. Um, he, that, would, that would put him eighth. He has 30,000 points already? Who? LeBron. Uh, LeBron is third all-time at 34.5. He has 34.5,000 points? Yeah, correct. He, wow. he's already, he already has Kobe beat by almost 100. He needs like one, one really good game to be up 1,000. But what I meant to say was, at the time of his retirement, he would have been the all-time leader in points and steals. That would add up, yes. No, I lied. Wilt. <laughs> Wilt would still have had him beat. Wilt had, uh, credited at about 31 and a half. Love it. Love it, Liza. I'm cool with that. Listen, I know how <laughs> Yeah, now you're just going to double them. I shouldn't have told you yeah, that. I, sh- I should it. not have told fuck you it. that. The two best athletes in Philadelphia slash Golden State history. And St. Louis history, if you want to count the – what is it? The uh, the St. Louis – not Squires, whatever that ABA team is that Dr. J played for. So you're going to hold AI back like that? Yes. That's my guy. I love but Yeah, the, Vir- the Virginia Squires, by the way. Virginia Squires, whatever. Hey, Iverson's my guy. Love him. He's my favorite out of all three of them, but greatness is different. That's a, that's Those two guys were – I think Iverson's the greatest sixer ever. And, and let's not let's, – let us not also forget – Dr. J, uh, A10 guy. Well, I don't know if it was A10 at the time. Highly doubtful. But UMass. Yep. Zoomass. Yeah. That, that was did. back in the Zoomass days as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the great, uh, one of the great exports of UMass basketball. One of two. Unless, unless we want to give a little love to Gary Forbes, but I, I feel like we're gonna, we're not gonna do so. Yeah, it's Camby and Dr. J. Um, and the thing about Dr. J, too, is Dr. J played all year round. He played at the Rucker. He played in the NBA. He played in the summers. He played He played in the playoffs. And even – I'm not looking at the stats, but I think even his last year playing, he still got, like, what, 16 points a game? Uh, yeah, just shy of 17. Yeah, 17, four and a half, and three, if you want to call it that, which, I mean, at 36 – and yeah. <laughs> you're in a and and you know the teams that you're playing in 1986-87. Yeah. You know, it's still the Celtics, it's the Pistons coming up, it's the Bulls. Yeah, that's that's one of those things Bunch where of scrubs, you know. I'm happy that <laughs> I'm happy that they never got to see Dr. J get washed. Like they never saw like he wasn't like George Gervin on the Bulls. He wasn't like Dominique like he, with the Celtics. Hakeem, yeah, he wasn't like Hakeem Patrick up in Toronto as we've discussed. Yeah, Patrick Ewing with the Magic was it the Magic or the Super yep. Sonics. Yeah, it was the Magic. Yeah, like it, I, I'm happy. I think he may play for the Sonics too, but <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> we never got to see a wash Dr. J, and he was he still could dunk at at sixty last time I checked. So it was I, like he's seventy now. I think he could probably still get up. There he put out a to. he put out a video at no, 60. No, I know. Yeah, no, I remember seeing that one. But I'm saying I think. He, if you gave him like maybe he needs like a couple weeks to like just get the springs <laughs> back a little bit, but I, I think I think he could still get up there if he needed to. Listen, I love Doc. I think Iris is the greatest Philadelphia 76 of all time, and that's predominantly because both of those Will and Dr. J didn't play for the Sixers their entire careers. I mean, neither did Iverson. That's my point. But Iverson was was kind of sort of out on the way out when he wasn't a Sixer. You can like you can argue that. It's not even an argument. Will's best years were with the Warriors, and there's an argument that the Virginia Squires had the best Dr. J or the or the um or the uh what is it was it the Long Island Nets? What Nets were they? Um, 
the New York Nets. New York Nets. Well, I think they played out of Long Island or Staten Island. But, yeah. This is what we you, need Ryan for. He yeah, you can argue that that was the best version of Dr. J. So, like, the best version of, of Will and Dr. J may not even have played for the Sixers. That's certainly fair. I mean, just, you know, because one of the great things to do on Basketball Reference or any sports reference page, which also shout out to all of these sites that where we pull our stats, uh, created on 63rd Street in Philadelphia, right down City Ave, which you know about it. You do. But, shout out to Kimmy's. Oh, man, I, I, I would kill for a Kimmy's right now, allegedly. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, all-time nicknames on here, and some of which are associated with athletes who have, as far as I know, have never been called these. But he's got a great list. He's Toy got, Doc. obviously, the Dr. J and the Doctor. Yeah. The hand, the claw, right? The claw. Uh-huh. Black Moses, which is Black like, Moses, okay, you yeah. stop there. You're done. <laughs> Good. Nobody called him Black. I mean, not why, but you know how that came to be. I feel like I've heard the story. And I feel like it's like an Earl of Pearl type story. Yeah, it's, it's, it was on the, on the street ball courts. I believe yep. he got that one at the Rucker. And Earl of the Pearl Monroe was already Black Jesus. Black Jesus, yeah. So you had it. You couldn't give him that. So now you got Black Moses. And the crazy thing is, Earl of the Pearl was not called Black Jesus. He was called Jesus. Yeah. And then they were like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> Jesus can't be Black. So you're just Black Jesus. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he's also got Houdini, Little mm-hmm. Hawk. I don't know where that one would have come Con- from. Connie Hawkins. Ah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's just a great list all around. Um, but, yeah, um, I'm going to go with mine now, which mm-hmm. is, has been a contentious name. Jesuit educated individual. <laughs> uh, it's Bill Russell, which, which feels fitting to discuss Bill Russell uh, the day after MLK Day as another pioneer uh, of the civil rights movement. He went to San Francisco, right? He did go to San Francisco. Same way as Oscar Robertson. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's a lot of great Jesuit basketball players. Maybe that. Maybe we got to discuss that on maybe an episode. A lot. There's enough for a good, a really good starting five. I don't know if there's a Fair. lot. Like, our bench is going to be trash, but that starting five? Well, they're, they're going 48. <laughs> <laughs> like, that starting five is going to be a mother. That bench, though, is going to look pretty hollow. <laughs> yeah, that starting five would – put work in I, I remember looking at this i mean no i mean actually no i lied we got we got a bench i think we got a bench i'm talking about against all-time college teams nah that bench ain't with it that five is a beast that oh, oh, bench okay. is so, looking okay. shady. so we're gonna we're gonna circle back to this because i think there's more than even you're thinking about because mm, i know who am i starting five and i got a guy who you probably not even thinking and you might think he's on the bench. And I'm I like, just gotta, I gotta make sure because there's some that are in my head, and I can't remember if they're Jesuit schools or not. And I think, I think they are. Now, are we? Are we? Can, are, all right. So this is the question, though. If we're talking. I know we're gonna get back to this, and I'm gonna let you get back to to Bill Russell, the greatest NBA career ever. Um, do you think? Are, are we talking about what they did when they were at the Jesuit school? Oh no, I, I was talking about like their entire basketball life. And then it gets a little – I think it gets even harder because some of the greatest Jesuit players didn't have the greatest after Jesuit careers. Dude, I'm thinking of some names. I think I, – I think, I, think, I think there's a solid – at least like a real solid rotation of like eight or nine. Nine? Nine? Ooh. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> but, Mark, yeah. but, you, but you also got to remember, I'm not even – I don't even know what you were thinking. I can guarantee – 
that this entire team is going to be completely undersized. So you got to remember that. Too, like, when they oh, play. no, yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> definitely going to be undersized, apart from a couple people that went to Georgetown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of whom we're not so fond of. We love, we love the Georgetown guys. We just don't we just don't fear them like everybody else. They're like, oh, my God, holy paranoia. It's like, come on, bro. That's fair. Okay. So, yeah, back, back to Bill. Um, absolute pioneer, legend. Uh, I mean, you put him up there with anyone in terms of the greatest winners, especially in a team sport perspective. I don't think there's anyone close. He is the greatest one. I don't put him up there. He is the one yeah. up there. He's yeah, I mean, the, the only people that come close, like, off the top of the head, I think Yogi Berra's got 10. And it's like, even then, you're still behind. Yeah, but even Yogi Berra wasn't Yogi Berra. Like, he wasn't the reason why he got to 10. Like, Bill Russell was the reason the Celtics got all of those championships because of player, coaching, leadership, mentorship. Yep. Like, I don't – like, to me, he – he before Brady is doing what he's doing – he is the greatest aging star I've ever heard of in the history of sports. Yeah, I mean, even just the durability of it. Yeah, in you chucks, know, by the way, but people chucks. Yeah, in, in chucks. And, like, not it wasn't like he was a low-to-the-ground player where you can kind of get away maybe a little bit more with chucks. Yeah, boy. Like, he was flying. He was a high-jumping champ. Yeah, he was an Olympic track star uh, that chose basketball. He is... He listed at 6'10". He's a solid 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, I'm about to say, he's 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> There's no way that he's standing next to Charles Barkley and Dennis Rodman and towering over them. 6'10". I've seen pictures of him and Will. Will was literally 7'1", and he looked at him like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just... And he's one of those guys where he was in an era where he would probably have more accolades. You know, like, I, one of my favorite is he made one all-defensive team because the last year of his career was the first time they ever did it. Yeah, and he didn't count blocks when him and Will played. Like, right. Like, his numbers would be stupid. And, do I you, mean – Do you think his PER is bad because he played so much? You know how, like, we talk about all of the guards who play a lot of minutes and play – Probably, because he wasn't putting up 50 a game. Yeah, which sucks, man, because, like, you know He's, me, he's I'm, definitely I'm, not a stat sheet guy. Like, for the stats score- that they recorded – um, apart from rebounds, that was the only thing where it's like that dude is a monster. He got he didn't he didn't he didn't he get a lot of steals too though? But they didn't track him. Yeah, that's a good point. But he but, yes, yes. There's plenty of videos of him getting a steal yeah. or a block or the, the thing about him though is I think that what what hurts him when people think about how great he was is that his highest points per game was like eighteen point one. And that was the year he won the MVP over Oscar, who averaged a triple-double. Will, who averaged 50 and 23. And then uh, who's the Lakers small four who blew his knee out and never actually won a championship, but he's amazing. His name is escaping me, but the year that uh, he retired. Wait, you're thinking – you said the Lakers guard? Mm-hmm. Lakers four. Oh, um, Mikan? No, 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 that's the center. He was with Minneapolis. He played with Jerry West, and he retired. Not Elgin. The- Elgin Baylor. Elgin oh, by Aver- the way, on the Jesuit team. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I listen. I said the five is going to be crazy. Five is going to be crazy. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna draw this up. I think this we, we had some things planned to discuss that we'll try and get into. No, I, we gotta do this a, right after. I have a feeling this is gonna torpedo. We the gotta do this right episode. after. <laughs> we gotta do this right after. We gotta do this right after this conversation. But I I, I gotta like I'm happy that you picked. I knew you was gonna pick Bill Russell. Sure. Um, yeah. Like I'm happy, I'm happy that you did, man, because I think Bill Russell is po- quite possibly the most important American athlete. 
I was going to no, nah, because Jesse Owens and all that kind of stuff. I was going to say Bobby, the most important yeah. professional American athlete ever, like about, like the, Ali, because uh, Ali was the greatest. He was the he was all of these things, but Ali, because of his degenerative disease, he his reign was his his conversation wasn't elongated. He didn't get a chance to be old and do what Bill Russell was doing. You know what I mean? Like where he's I think viewed as the elder statesman. Most people yeah. still viewed Ali as the cocky peaks, guy. Yeah, yeah. If you're talking peaks, then they're right there with each other. But if you're talking about life. And career, and we never saw Bill Russell go out bad. Like that's the thing. We watched Ali get brutalized for the last part of his career because he needed the money. Like I Yo, think his, Bill, Bill Russell's last year, he was still playing forty three minutes a game, light work. And <laughs> and and again, that's the thing. I mean, not that you know this length of a career was short, especially at that time. But he probably could have played longer if he didn't want to go into coaching. He easily could have played longer, yeah. but I think he wasn't hanging on. You know what it is? Since he was the first to win like that, he had nothing he was chasing. Like, yeah. if, if if the Lakers, if you flip-flop and the Lakers won all those championships and then he came in the 2000s and he was with the Celtics, he would have played for forever. He would have been like, I'm playing 20-something years. Yep. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z like Kobe did. And I'm going to try to win everything. But he was. it's hard when you're the only person that's doing what he's doing. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely fair. And obviously, the the first black – coach in American sports, um, professional American sports, sports, especially at a time where, um, you know, I, I'd like to forget this sometimes, but the city that he was playing in that should have universally loved him, uh, at many times did him no favors. Mm -mm. Um, and it's still a, a, a stain on the reputation to this day. Um, but it's, it's fairly, done um well well, he didn't even come to his jersey on retirement did he it was something he didn't come to because he was like the fans were just so terrible that i wasn't going to surprise me i mean how could you blame you know blame him um i I would have nothing i i don't know off the top of my head yeah i think Um, but that that would not surprise me yeah i want to say his jersey retirement but it's, I think, and you know, it's crazy. I'm talking more about Bill Russell than you are. I'm, I'm praising this man. But I think as I've gotten older, I realize just how important Bill Russell is because I'm happy we don't have to say was yet. I think that he, I don't think people realize that Bill Russell is what black people needed and what white people could accept, which is hard to do because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was very brash and people did not like Kareem. And Kareem was saying a lot of the same stuff, but white people was like, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. He's too much. Ali, kind of the same way. Oscar Robinson, kind of the same way. Hank Aaron, a little bit of the same way. Like Prickly, like Bill Russell had a skill to, uh, to like piss white people off because they need to be told about themselves. But he didn't, they, I don't think he felt, I don't think they felt like he was disrespecting them, even though he was telling them the truth. Where mm-hmm. like, I think that like, like, so, like Ali probably would be like Whitey. He probably would have said something just like Whitey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Bill Russell would be like white people, you know, like or some stuff like that. Like he had a way to bridge bridge the gap. And he was the linchpin for what was so important with like the Jim Browns, with Kareem's, with Muhammad Ali, with Malcolm X. Like he was a linchpin for all of that kind of stuff. And if you think about it, outside of Boston, and I'm I, we weren't alive back then, but I don't remember ever growing up hearing stories about America hating Bill Russell. Where, like, all those other people that I just mentioned, America hated them. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. So I'm, 
I'm, I'm looking back at some of these stories and he was, he was there, but fans were not. So he wanted to be there, but it was just him and his teammate essentially. Um, I think they did another uh, Jersey retirement for him, like with fans in 1999. Of course, at that point, the Jersey had been up for 27 years. Um, but yeah, essentially what I'm seeing is he wanted to be there and he wanted his friends to be there. Um, you know, and I, I believe that it was his idea as well, um, where he didn't want it to be just his, you know, I know he, he said, uh, you know, Bill wanted to do some similar things, similar to what Moses Malone did, where he wanted all of his teammates' names on there too, which shout out to Moses Malone because we can't go back to episode two, but shout out to a legend. My guy, best ball, best offensive rebounder ever. Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time disagreeing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Russell was, you know, yeah, he decided to do it on his own terms, so they did it before a game with no fans. Um and, you know, because he wanted it to just be him and his teammates, which, again, speaks to the respect that that man has for his story, I think. And, you know, but also the respect that the franchise had for him. Was he um, the first black player that the Celtics retired number of? Because I don't know, because it wasn't Cornbread. Didn't Cornbread retire? No, Cornbread was way after. He was way after? Cornbread played with Larry. Are you thinking of Sam Jones or JoJo? I'm thinking of Casey. Uh, oh, Casey Jones. Yeah, I'm thinking of Casey Jones. Yeah. Which R.I.P. Very recently. Yeah, just just passed, and yeah. I know this is a side. Hey, man, bar, Heinsen, like, Yeah. I was just playing with Casey Jones the day he passed away, and then like I finished playing 2K, and then it was like Casey Jones. I was like, what the? F-? I was literally just yeah. playing with Casey Jones. One of the greatest defensive guards in the history of basketball. I mean, but he's not a great video game player, I would think. No, it was amazing. He was hounding. Like, I, I would literally just put the press on. Casey Jones gave me eight steals a game. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I, I just remember from having played with him that his – if you by accident started a jump shot. Oh, yeah, we ain't doing that. Yeah, so Casey, Casey was first. Bill was third. So it went Casey, Sam Jones, Russ. And Russell, okay. And then Satch and from there on. Um. Do do you think Bill Russell? Do you think Bill Russell is the the only professional athlete that we give the courtesy to for not in stat wise, not being a prolific statistical player, but because of how much he won, it transcends what he didn't do on the court statistically. Because I can't think of another player like him. Like I can't think of a player. Yeah, that it's people, not really a comp. Where you'd be At like, all. that's, that's, you know, like, it, cause it's not like, you know, I know we've had our, our discussions, but like, I feel like it's not like crazy. Like, no one gets a crazy reaction when they're like, Bill Russell is a top 10 player of all time. Like, I feel like there's, like, for all the backlash that you see on social media about mm-hmm. any all time ranking, for some reason that gets no backlash. And I think, you know, he gets, um, he gets some, you know, help maybe in some ways where it's almost like the Negro leagues where it's like, well, they didn't count all his stats. So like, we know he's better already than his stats would indicate because the, the place on the court that he was most impactful, they didn't account for at the time. So he might benefit a little bit from that. I, I'm not saying that I think that if those numbers were there, he would then not be like seven blocks a game easy. Like, 
Do I feel you like think, he'd have some stupid numbers, but like I but feel like you, he might benefit from that where the it's not a statistical analysis, this mystique uh, of Bill Russell jumping out the gym. But do you think that Bill Russell would have been Bill Russell if he didn't get drafted by the Celtics? I mean, no, you definitely. I mean, anyone would benefit. Not, from, I don't, but I don't even mean the championships. I just mean like him being thought of as a win. Like, I mean, getting as many championships as he had is just, that's a different conversation. Yeah. I'm talking about like, do you think that he would have been? Because his stats, I don't think would have changed that much. Like, I just don't think he. I don't think his his mindset was on. I'm going to score 30 points a game. I'm going to do. I'm going to get all of. The, I don't think he, that was it was his game. Do you think that if he got drafted to the San Antonio Spurs, that we would think of Bill Russell as this? prolific player and winner probably not i mean definitely not as prolific a winner um i i still think that at the time he was probably one of the best players in the league no question about it yeah you know him and wilt still so you know i i don't think that that part would have changed you know i think he probably would have made any team he was on significantly better mm-hmm. even just if you look at from an offensive standpoint like you know i I don't think he would have scored less points than he did either, um, at least not a substantial amount. You know, he would have been probably taking some more shots. He still would have been able to distribute, run the floor. So I, I think he still would have been an all-time great, but do I think that he would be put at the level of the pantheon he is now? Probably not. Without Okay, then do the inverse. Without Bill Russell, what, how many championships do you think the Celtics will have? Less. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think I think he was one of those players who it all aligned the way it was supposed to align. Going mm-hmm. to a racist white city, delivering the most championships any human being is probably able, not even has the able to provide, being who he is, feeling like he never compromised, and still being alive today. And even though I, I make jokes about it, still being a pioneer for civil rights, like I ain't gonna lie, when he was on that one knee for Kaepernick, I was like, somebody better help this man up, man. It's looking bad out here. It's looking baby. shaky. Like, <laughs> yeah, Bill Russell is like the oldest living free slave. Like it's just like he just like I feel I like mean, I feel he, like he he wears his life experiences in his age. Yeah. I feel like you, after, you you look at that guy, and, and there's there's plenty of people his age. Yes, that, that don't look like that. No. And Bill you Russell, just look at him and you're like, man, you went through some shit. And dude, he's still so funny. Good. Like, I love every time he's at, like, an alumni show flipping off Barkley or whoever else. It, it cracks me up. It's like that man still has it. And, you know, probably why he was able to roll with certain things. Um, I would hope dude, is I, he survived through other means, like just being a personable guy. But, yeah, I mean, you look at him and and you're like, that that man lived – all the worst possible things that he probably could have. Yeah. I mean, what is he, 10 years older than Kareem? And Kareem looks amazing. <laughs> Kareem looks better. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It's got to be up there. They came in the league around that time. So he's 13 years older than Kareem. Okay. Yeah, Kareem, Kareem doesn't look his age. Kareem looks like he just got out of UCLA. <laughs> like without yeah. the, just without the hair. And he's like, 73 he so years good. old. Yeah. He looks so good. Maybe it's because he trained with Bruce Lee, but, like, he looks amazing. And I worry about Bill Russell every time he comes out the house. I'm like, yo, somebody – because I feel like Bill Russell is an American treasure and needs to be protected at all costs, even though I don't think he was nearly as good as Will Chamberlain. But that's a different conversation. So, this Jesuit list. Okay. So, so, so for those that don't know, we went to St. Joe's 
a proud Jesuit school. Real St. Uh, Joe's, not that St. Joe's College or University of St. Joseph. Like nah, yeah. I'm talking about St. Joseph's University, the real SJU. St. John, sit down. SJU, stand up. Well, I'm gang banging on Catholic schools. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, this is a conversation that I know we've uh, dipped a toe into before uh, on a an evening of inebriation on Freeland Avenue back in the day, I'm sure. What you talking about, sir? Don't know what you're talking about. Allegedly, you know. Here we go, allegedly. As always. But if an if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk, you know? I've never heard that. I'm stealing that for the rest of my life. <laughs> but, One of my okay. favorite things. But yeah, let, let, let's dip into this. Um, I, I'm not going to run through all 20 or Jesuit 28, schools. 28 Jesuit 28, schools. 28, 28. So notice. some of them I don't know that have a basketball program. So They all have basketball programs, Ivan. Just not all of them should be mentioned. All right? <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But I, I feel like we're going to be certainly dipping – into some more than others but i digress mm-hmm. um do you want us do we just want to go out there and then we'll, then we'll kind of cultivate I, the list i think that I, draft I mean, again you have it pulled up so i'm just going to mention one person's name that i'm going is going to be my number one draft pick for this team and i know he's not the greatest player allegedly but i think he would have been possibly one of if not the greatest players if things would have transpired differently. So I'm going to put this man out there and then you can go through the list and just throw some stuff out there. And I'll let you know if I think yeah, I don't good. have the list. I'm still going off, off top. Just okay. I'm, all, the only list I have is the list of Jesuit schools. Cause I don't think many people have dug into the all time Jesuit basketball team. Oh, I, no, never. While never. they should, but um, yeah, this is going to be on us, but yeah. yeah. What, what's your okay. name? Okay. So come on, man. North Philadelphia's own. Quite possibly the greatest Philadelphian basketball player, not named Wilt Chamberlain. Hank Gathers. Okay. Loyola Marymount. That, I mean, that's a great start. So he I, I got to. F- the first player in NCAA history to lead the nation in points and rebounds at the same exact time. I mean, what more can you say? Dude, he was, he was a freak of nature. And he shot probably what? 42% from the free throw line and he still was getting buckets. Like it was, it was so bad that they made him, sh- he chose to shoot with his off hand at the free throw line because of how bad he shot for He's like, ah, can't get worse. Maybe that's what inspired Chuck to do that with his uh, basketball game or his golf so. game rather. I think so, honestly. But yeah, so that, that's a solid start because that's another one that, yeah, wouldn't have been on my list. Um, the more I do look at the schools, we are going to be grossly undersized. We're going to be super undersized. I think Hank our, was a I think power our, forward and he was 6'7 or 6'8. I think our bench is just point guards. But <laughs> Our bench might be – this is, I mean, is going to happen. We're going to be so undersized because one of the two is going to happen. Our starting five is going to be all big men or our bench is going to be all point guards. Like, it's going to be literally like – I mean, uh, I mean we, we can mix it up. So, let, let's start on the West Coast. because You started at Loyola Marymount. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, this is in no particular order of where they will fall in our rotation. Santa Clara, Stevie Nash. Listen, I love it. In college, wasn't that great. In the pros, two-time MVP. Yeah, and we don't need to talk about whether or not he was deserving because he has – You know what we're going to do? You know what we should do, Ivan? Instead of thinking about it as their entire career, we should think about it. Whatever their peak was, that's That's, what we think. That's them. Okay, yeah. Because Hank Gathers died in college, so he didn't get a pro career. 
Um, and, and like Oscar Robinson's game changed. Like it's like weird. So like I just go like whoever would there that because Iverson was a two time Iverson was a two time player of the year and then one defensive player of the year in the Big East, but he was not the defensive player of the year in the NBA. <laughs> it's just different. Okay, and then we go up San Francisco. Mm. Mm. We just discussed it. Who would you draft first, Oscar or or Bill? Not knowing what's going to happen in the in the pros. Um, because I think that's a hard one. Yeah, I mean it certainly is. Um, I think you gotta go Oscar, which hurts, but. It's just like, you know, like who are you taking without knowing the roster around them? The guy that could average a triple-double. And they're probably the same height. <laughs> yeah, or the guy who's a superb athlete, but, like, he's not going to put up 30 a game. So, it's and like – And they're probably the same height. So, you should get the guy who can dribble the ball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, but the, the, the power of a southpaw. Um, up the coast to Seattle. Wait, are we forgetting somebody from San Francisco? I feel like there's a third player who's not on that level, but I feel like there is a third University of San Francisco basketball player. Let's see. Let's see. While, while I'm pulling it up, mm-hmm. if we want to, we can uh, – let's see here. Bill Cartwright. There's another big if we need. Casey Jones. Casey Jones. Ime Udoka. I think it was Casey Jones who I think enough. Yeah, Casey Jones is there. I you got to add know. Casey Jones to the list. Even yeah, if we I, get him cut I'm later. Adding, I'm adding Bill Cartwright because we just might need a big. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to need a big. We got Georgetown to go. Can we get all of the big, please? Even, even, even Haseen. Roy Hibbert. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take him. I'll take the Scarecrow. <laughs> I'll take all <laughs> We're about to get real desperate. Oh my um, gosh, need that Samuel Dallenbear. Oh man, Samuel Dallenbear, I I think is underrated. I think, I think he, Samuel Dallenbear is a specialist, but he but he played in an era where people didn't respect specialists. And there was just so many great big men. I think that that he was oft forgotten about. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's find the University of Seattle. Oh, he went to Seattle, Seattle University. I thought he went to a different school. Who? Uh, Sammy Dallenbear. Oh, I'm not talking about Sammy Dallenbear. Yeah. Oh, you said uh, what school is that? Seattle. Oh, Seattle. There's somebody that came from Seattle. Yes, there is a man that we have discussed at length. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Don't don't say it. Don't say it. Give me give me give me one hit. War. War. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, Elgin Baylor. Yeah. <laughs> Look, that's how you, you know we're real sports junkies when you like war. I was like, oh, you didn't go to war? <laughs> yeah, because one of the great conversations we've ever had is how good he oh, was when God. he was just like also fighting a war at the same time. Yeah, he got like 35 a game, and he was like, yeah, I got, I got something I got to do. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, okay, let's see. To- yeah, it was, um, let's see here. Uh, called the active duty, active duty. Yes, oh. during the sixty-one, sixty-two season, Hell he was stationed in Washington, so he would go play for the Lakers on a weekend pass. <laughs> <laughs> he played forty-eight games, and like didn't he average like thirty-eight? Uh, yeah, no, I'm doing the math. It just said how many total points, and I need to do the math. Um, let's see. No, that's not the right number. Forty-eight games. 
uh, 37 and a half points a game. I tell you, 38. I was close. Yeah. Like it was because that, that was the same year that that Will averaged 50, like 50 and 23. Bill Russell averaged 18 and like 27. And Oscar averaged a triple double. And Bill Russell won it. No, MVP. Bill won it the next year. Bill won it the next year. I think Will won it that year. Yeah. Did Will not win it that year? No, he didn't win it when he averaged 50. I think Bill won it. <laughs> no, because I, I remember looking when you said that. Um, and, and he won 62 63. Uh, but according to Google, it was Bill Russell. So maybe, yeah. maybe basketball reference needs to make an update. That's one I'm, of the, I'm not owning that. I'm not owning it. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I still like, even though I, I love what Bill Russell represents, I still get mad. I'm like, he That's averaged fair. 50. That's fair. Well, I, I feel the same way about Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, well, you hate with him? With the year, the year, year he hit for 56 straight games, Ted Williams hit 406 yeah, and Ted had better numbers during that 56 yeah. game stretch. Yeah, and I don't think anybody would have picked Joe DiMaggio over Ted Williams if no. he were taking a fantasy draft. No, but also, j- just to circle back to Elgin Baylor's military season, uh, he capped that off by, in game five of the finals, he had 22 rebounds, which is fine. Fine, um, okay. <laughs> but then he, in that same game, he set the still-standing NBA record for points in an NBA final game with 61. He has 61? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Dude. And I've watched Kobe shoot 61 times in a finals. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, is insane. And that's – see, that's why I can't I can't get behind people who be like, oh, well, if you don't have a ring, you can't be considered one of the great – that's not true, man. Elgin Baylor, did, he broke his knee in half. That's how – that's why he retired. Because the year yep. they actually won a championship, he retired halfway through the season because he broke his knee in half. And even though he played for the team, he I don't think he was ever technically awarded a ring because he didn't play enough games to qualify, which is insane to me. But, like, that's that's the way it goes. And you can't tell me that man at small forward isn't pro- arguably one of the five greatest small forwards that ever played his game. No, I, 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 think, I think he gets left out of the conversation because he's old, older, and just, like, you're like, oh. But, like, I you look at the numbers, and it's so – I don't know how you could deny Dude. that claim. He is a – like, I remember the first time I learned about Elgin Baylor, it was, like, the early 2000s, and I was, like, looking into his stats. I was like, hold on. This man was scoring like this back then, and nobody talk- – like, nobody was talking about him. It was almost like he was a forgotten guy. Like, everybody knows the George Gervins of the world, who was also averaging bonker stats. But George Gervin wasn't winning anything either. Like, it was like, I don't get how we forget Elgin Baylor. And he played for the most story franchise outside of the Celtics. And it is crazy, like, looking at that. Like, I feel like, uh, obviously, I look at it this way as a Celtics fan. I think it speaks levels to how great those teams were. <laughs> you look at those Lakers teams, you know, like, they won once. They're like, oh, J- Jerry West, Gail Goodrich, you know, Baylor, the list goes on. It's like, they won one time. That's how good the other team was. Yeah, I think honestly, I think it's just, I think it's, it, I think it's because the other team. I mean, you had what eleven Hall of Famers, like, but it's, it's also a big one, number, yeah, yeah. But it's also one of those things where the Lakers would have won many times if the three point line was a thing, because Jerry West was throwing that shit up and from Gail. three. Gail Goodrich was throwing that shit up from three, but it was only two points. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, and Bob Cousy couldn't dribble with his left hand. So Bob Cousy would dribble in circles and get by a man. I thought that had to, we, we, that had we to might get back to Bob Cousy. That, <laughs> Actually, that no, I don't think we will. I don't think we'll be that desperate for guards. No, no. But we, he would he would be eligible for this list. I I'm gonna keep it real with you. Uh, this is my last point about this before we keep moving on. I think the mob is one of the reasons why the Celtics won a little bit. There's no way Bob Cousy's dribbling in circles and getting by his man. I feel like the mob was like, hey, 
Better let him get by. <laughs> Mbop. Allegedly. <laughs> Anderson, Boston, come on. Let's yeah. continue. All right, so now we're going to go up. We got the current number one team in the country. You're not not a Zags guy? I hate Gonzaga, dude. Do you really? Where does that stem from? Because I firmly believe, and I've, I've said this long before Gonzaga was actually this good, there is no conceivable reason why Gonzaga should get recruits. No, no, not even that. There's no conceivable reason why Gonzaga is so much greater of a basketball program from beginning to end when you talk about recruits, when you talk about consistency than St. Joe's is. Zero reason. I agree. Uh, like, there's zero, like, in that, now I hated them. It, it, and we before. should have, we, like, we, uh, no, I'm not going to discredit Washington Hoopers because there's a ton of monsters. Is, no, you, we, we know, we know yeah. Washington Hoopers, but yeah, they yeah. don't even go, but they don't even go to, yeah, Gonzaga. they don't go there. They go to University of Washington. You go to Utah. <laughs> Uh, like all of the great, all of the great flashy Washington, but that, but that's my point. How can you tell me that a team in Spokane, Washington? Because like the thing is, St. Joe's has a, a basketball history that people don't even realize. Like we made it to the Elite Eight back in like the sixties and like we we've been doing this thing. Yeah, for Mike Bantam, get educated. Exactly, but I think that you're gonna tell me that people would rather go to Spokane, Washington. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? No, I don't believe that. You're going to tell me. Yeah, like we should just inherently have more recruits when we're on the East Coast. Dude, and you're telling me that a school that literally is not, I mean, it's bigger now, but it's not that much bigger than what St. Joe's ever was yeah. to consistently produce at the level that they're producing. And I guarantee you, most people couldn't name you three Gonzaga players that played for the Zags in their lifetime, not before their lifetime. But in their lifetime, we can because we bat we 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 basketball and sports nerds. But like Gonzaga doesn't have a name to the to the common fan, but they keep on producing and, and yeah, it's weird. Like they have one Hall of Famer. Yeah, and then you and then you just throw in Adam Morrison. So like that also was one of the reasons. Well, I mean, if we if we want to get real crazy, we can go down to Dan Dickow, uh, Rooney Turiaf. I love uh, Rooney, but no, yeah, I love Rooney. Ro- Robert Sacrey. Sacrey. <laughs> Game seven, Kelly Olynyk. But honestly speaking, I think we need to. I think on that specific school, we gotta. I mean, of course, it's Stockton. Yeah. But we gotta. We gotta. I think we gotta put Adam Morrison. If we're going height, if, if we're going, if we're going height, height, yeah, yeah. Height. I mean, yeah. Number three overall. Um, he fell into the curse of anyone that was drafted by the Bobcats at that yeah. time. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I, I, I love the Mecca too. I, I, Gerald Wallace balled out. He came later, no? I thought he was with the – I thought he got drafted by the Bobcats. But, but I was thinking like that 04, 05, 06 where it was like – Oh, no, the Bobcats are trash. No, dude. yeah, Gerald Wallace was drafted in 2001, not by the Bobcats. That dude was around way longer than I thought. That – I I would have honestly, gun to my head, said he got drafted after Adam Morrison. He got drafted by Sacramento? Yeah. Okay. So he went he went to Charlotte in 04. So he was on those really bad cursed teams. Uh Gerald Henderson ball, didn't he? <laughs> that, that's a tough place to have to go to. <laughs> I feel like all that says is no one else was capable of taking a jump shot. Emeka Okafor was better than people give him credit for, but he he was supposed to be the number one guy. So he wasn't a number one guy. Oh, oh, okay. So, 
he was selected by the Bobcats, but in the expansion draft. That's why I so thought that, that's that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it that's, is. So that's really why I thought it because I remember in my mind I remember them drafting. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's an interesting one because I'm curious. But yeah, they were just. Oh man! Thank God that Larry's bid didn't go through. Listen, but yeah, man. I mean they they yeah the the youngsters they picked up Gerald Wallace, Primos Brezek, and Jason Capono. Listen, man. I'm just gonna but say yeah, I mean, shout out to I mean I know you have a soft spot for their 05 draft picks, which is fair. Not wrong. Not wrong. And, and I do appreciate both of these people, minus some of the allegations against one of them. Listen, we talk about we talk about art and not real life. All right, we're gonna separate this. <laughs> but it's like I feel like they they didn't get any credibility till Larry Brown showed up. Is that fair? I am. I am what. I would agree with you, but I am also – I am a weird person when it comes to Larry Brown. I am a really big – I am a really big uh, fan of the Larry Brown Haters Club, but I appreciate the greatness of Larry Brown because he's the only coach that I can name who's wanted every single piece of his coaching career outside of the Olympics. Like, he, yeah, he's he's a coach's coach. Like, he, he does it, but I – I'm just not a, like he. I think he ruined a lot of people's careers. I think that he, he screwed a lot of people over. I think that he also blamed the players when he didn't do a great job of putting people in position to win, you know. And and that's one of those things. Like he, like I love Jalen Rose. He tried to kill Jalen Rose's career. Like that. That's 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 destructive and heartbreaking to me. Like you know, Iverson is my guy, and Iverson loves him. But I think Larry Brown does some terrible coaching jobs. Back in those days, where it was like, bro, what are we doing? Like, why, why, why is Eric Snow taking the last shot? Like, what, what's happening? Like, what's happening here? But, like, he's a coach's coach. He has a championship. He probably should have two. But yeah, that always brings credibility. And that's a North Carolina guy, right? Who? Larry, Larry Brown. Uh, like, as in the University of, that would be your jurisdiction, sir. Yeah, I, th- I think Larry Brown's a North Carolina guy. I know he coached at, like, Kansas and all that, but I think he's a North Carolina. I think that's why Jordan Like a grad? I think, yeah, I think he went to North Carolina. Because like, he was there pre-Jordan as well. Um, yeah. But that could have definitely factored in. Uh, yeah, 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 UNC. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why Jordan got <laughs> He was like, oh, well, you know, I can bring this North Carolina guy there, which is part yeah, of the Yeah, he had been there for a couple of years before Mike got there. Yeah. And – it's funny that immediately they took Gerald Henderson. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on, man. They also drafted Sean May, who who was a beast in yep. college. Yeah, Sean and, and like, Ray. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you. May and Ray, yeah. Listen, I banged with Ray. Did they ever call? They ever call him that? I feel like that that plays May and Ray, or Ray and May. They, I don't think they ever did because they didn't really play well when they played. So like, <laughs> you got to yeah. think they, they were getting that. run circles around by Chris Duhon and Sheldon Williams. Watch them off, man. <laughs> On to the next school. All right. Um, I did a quick scan for Regis University in Colorado. They're D2. I barely have a Wikipedia page. So, next. Uh, Creighton, again, talking college peaks. Dougie Buckets! Dougie Buckets. That was the, the second game, the second game I ever saw as a St. Joe student, Dougie McBuckets hit a game winner on. Dude, I was at both games where where we played against Doug McDermott, and I will never forget when we played him. Um, the year we beat him, he was irate. Like he I, he was like because the crowd was on his. Like I, I'm gonna give it to him, man. Those crowds in college are different. Mm-hmm. He was looking at the crowd pissed. The only person 
that I ever seen in person rise above a Philadelphia crowd in college. Khalif Wyatt? No, no, no. Khalif, I wasn't there. I wasn't there in person. Okay. It was different. And he was from Philly. So, I mean, he's from. Yeah, that's right. That, well, that's part of why I, yeah. But, like, no, it was it was Josh Hart when he played for Villanova. I was there when he, when he played. <laughs> he would look at, he would dunk on everybody and then look at the crowd like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Like, he was, like, egging it. I was like, this mother, I like him too much to hate him. Yeah. Um, I was at many, many of the – well, multiple of those Josh Hart games for sure. Um, but, yeah, no, we're not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> it, again, if we're looking at this, Paul Silas. Oh, amazing. Hall of Famer. There's another big. Hall of Famer. What's cool? Wait, what's cool? Creighton. Oh, great. I didn't even know Paul Silas was a Creighton. I didn't either before right now. Um right. Right. We also we also got a shooter if we want one. Oh, Kyle Corver. Yeah. A I, on the list. Yeah, Kyle's on the list. And Which, his mom was a better shooter than he was. Can we put his mom on the list? Did she go to Korea? <laughs> I don't know. Do we want to put Anthony Tolliver on there? No, we're not going to put Anthony. Ac- hey, but shout out to Anthony Tolliver, academic All-American. Anthony Tolliver, if I'm not mistaken, is the first G League player to get a multi-year contract in the NBA in the history of the G League. Um, it's got to be like him or Jeremy. Oh no, he was way before Jeremy Lin. So yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. He played. I remember that because it was a big deal. It was like the first G League, and he was hitting three. Like he was out there, kind of sort of balling with those high socks. There's some, there's some names in here. Rodney Buford. All right, keep going. You now you're you're reaching. You're gonna throw your <laughs> yeah, no, no. yeah no. Some some of these I'm just like I haven't heard that name in a decade, so I, I gotta say it. Um, but I think we got Creighton done. I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's no one we're taking from Rockhurst. I'm um, you're right. <laughs> um, I, is there anyone from Loyola in New Orleans or Chicago no. other than Sister Jean? No, Sister Jean is going to be the assistant AV of the coach, but – Okay. Nah. <laughs> anyone from St. Louis? Yes, there, there, I think there is one. I remember people. they worked us when I was at St. Joe's. One yeah, year. They, had, they had a few ballers. I can't remember who they are, but they definitely had a couple. Okay, I think they had let's go. Let's dig into this. St. Louis uh, Billikens, which is a, just an all-time college athletics name. It's a created – I actually asked people from St. Louis. They said that they came up – it's literally a created uh, – a created – what's the word that they use? Animal? No, no, but they use something mythical. It was like it's a created forest something that we created in order to be different from everybody else. It was like a mystical, a mystical creature. That's what it is. It was a created force, oh, okay. mystical creature. I was like, so "What the hell is wrong with that?" So that we got crazy. Ed McCauley is is their big one. He he has his jersey retired, doesn't he? He does there, yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and with the Celtics, of course. But so he was on those Celtics teams. Um. Put him on the list, man. Okay. He was before our time, but a, a, and a big race. and a big. You know, we we know we might need it. I'm I'm going to be interested to see how many Georgetown players we have to cut because there's going to be a lot of them that we can go, yep, <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, okay, so next we got – okay, we're going to take a few from here. Um, so let, me, let me get the list ready. But we're going up to Milwaukee. Are we going to Boston College? Oh, you said that's, Milwaukee. That's not Milwaukee. Massachusetts. That's Massachusetts. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> no, we're going to the Golden Eagles at Marquette. Which D Wade's on. D Wade's in. No Anthony question. Butler. Jimmy Butler in. 
I don't think Doc Rivers is going to make the cut. No, he will not. You can skip over Doc. Let me make sure there's no one else I'm forgetting. Also, he's not Doc since he's coaching the Philly. He's Glenn. Yeah, Glenn Rivers. Glenn. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. I mean, yeah, again, not going to make the list, but Jay Crowder, shout out to him. I love me some Jay Crowder, but yeah, he's not going to make the list. Stevie Novak. Ooh, three-point sniper. We don't have a lot of shoot. We have one shooter. We have a lot of scores. We got, we got Steve. We got Steve. Steve who? Nash. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Forgot we had Stevie Nash. You want to pick up Travis Diener? Or we can pass Marquette. <laughs> Yo, what, also, I feel like this guy, maybe he wasn't as – maybe it was just the name. No, I, I take it back. I was going to ask what happened to this guy, and then I realized he barely got drafted. Who is it? Uh, Darius Johnson Odom. Uh uh, okay, next we got Detroit Mercy. I don't believe there's anyone there. Don't yeah. believe there's anyone at John Carroll or Spring Hill, which brings us to Xavier, which is going to give us a couple options. Ooh, I, we know David West. I'm going David West is probably only going to be on his squad. I, I, yeah, I definitely backed that one again. He was a fucking also, also, way more bigs than I thought there were going to be. <laughs> I'm telling you. But, like, our bigs are not big, though. Like, they're, yeah. <laughs> like, until they're, we get they're the all the people are like, wow, you know, he really did great for his size. Exactly. Like, David West, honestly, is probably 6'8", but they give him, like, 6'9 and a half. It's like, okay, LeBron's bigger than you, and he plays point guard for the Lakers. Okay, who else we got? Anyone, anyone? I feel like Xavier has another has a guard. Ooh, James Posey. James Posey does win championships. That's all he does. Like, wherever he yeah. goes, like, oh, championship. Jordan Crawford was there. He had one Jordan good Crawford year. was was a was was yeah. pretty damn good with Xavier. Tyrone Hill, that might be the one you're thinking of. I do like me some Tyrone Hill. But Two Holloway was a problem back at. Oh yeah, I forgot he played for them. Where, where, where are you at? Uh, OGM Ormond's Well, That sounds like Turkey. Yep. <laughs> I yeah, I, 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 I think we're Brian Grant. Um, Brian Grant had a good career, man. Again, he's another struggling. big man that's not that big. Yeah, I'm telling you, say, <laughs> I don't know what it is about Our forward center, 6'9". We make everybody just like, yo, you put, you, you're 5'10", you can be small forward. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right, let's see. Next up, do we want to – yeah, let's go to Joe's. Let's go to Joe's because we're, we're going to end up skipping Lemoyne, Canisius, Scranton. St. Peter's, Loyola, Maryland, Fairfield. And we've already gone over Holy Cross as Bob Cousy, and that's he's out. <laughs> so St. Joe's, I think that there's four players who had the potential to be on this list. Uh, I mean, I, they're yeah. going to get cut. Like, probably two of, two of them definitely getting cut. But okay. I think that there's four Jameer players. Lang. Who else? Jameer you? Lang, Delante. Yep. And then and Ahmad Nivens. Ahmad Nivens won one A10 player. He was a freaking beast. I don't hate that. Uh, another big man who's not that big, by the way. He's like 6'8 and he plays center. Yeah, what well, let's see up to. Yeah, no, 6'9, listed. Ahmad was the man too. Slim is the man. He's he's one of the nicest human beings ever. I'm thinking, did Dre do enough? Pro- I mean, not on this list, no. Dre's not even above Tay to me. Ooh. I, I, I don't hate it. Because Dre uh, had a better professional game. 
but at St. Joe's, yeah, they was lighting that shit up, man. I feel like, yeah, I feel like in a, in a way you could probably make the same argument for CJ Aiken too, because like that dude was just like way more athletic than everyone, and it felt like he was yeah. playing a different game at times. He just played two years. That was his issue. Yeah, he actually would have took class seriously. I'm divulging way too much on this podcast, but there's another player. It was um, it was known if you went to St. Joe's. <laughs> it was uh, there's another player that St. Joe's had that at transfer from Villanova actually to play at St. Joe's. Do you know who it is? And he he used to light Villanova up. I think his career average with St. Joe's was like 16 points a game too. And he still comes back to to uh, like do stuff for St. Joe's. Boom. Mm. He played in the 90s. In the 90s? Mm-hmm. I don't know. First name, Marvin. Marvin. I know as soon as you say it, I'm going to recognize it, but it's not coming to me. Let me make sure I'm correct. <clears throat> Yeah, Marvin O'Connor. Okay. He played he played at Villanova in ninety seven, transferred to St. Joe's in ninety. First team uh, all A ten, second team all A ten. He was a and beast, third team in, in two thousand. Bro, he, he and he went to grass too, so he's a Philly boy. He was a freak. Like he could score with the best of them in the A ten. And it was almost like it was effortless. And he still has cornrows and he's like in his forties, I think. Like, I love it. <laughs> yeah, this dude was putting up real nice numbers, especially that 2001 year yeah dude and the crazy thing the fact that he left villanova was like i'm gonna play for joe's that's dope i don't know of any players who have ever done that and balled out no but if you're listening and and you might fall into that boat please please consider please give us something one one iota of hope would be nice um let's see is there anyone from bc don't think jared dudley's gonna make the cut because they they had like a really good team for like a couple years in the late 2000s that just like none of them well jared dudley's been the only one that lasted um the test of time but they had sean williams who was a monster at the time um Tyrese Rice, who I thought was going to be like the greatest basketball player ever when I Dude, used to Tyrese watch him. Tyrese Rice has so much hype. Yeah, and I don't know. And didn't didn't uh did he go to BC? Where did my man Maurice Rice go? Uh, because he's from Philly, and you know his name is Maurice. So, GW <laughs> it looks like. GW. Yeah. Yep. GW. I think he got kicked out of. I think I feel like he got kicked out of a Massachusetts school, and that's why he went to GW. But he hey, probably Ivan. He was I ain't gonna lie to you, man. There was he made the front page in the, like a Philadelphia magazine. Like he was he was supposed to be the second coming of the greatest Philadelphia guards ever. Like he was he was on a different level and he could not get his shit together, man. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what it was. I mean, I do know what it was, but it was like he was supposed to be that dude. Like I feel like he got I feel like it might have been UMass or something. Like I feel like he got out of a Massachusetts school. And then he went to G Dub and just was just average. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the BC list. It's it's kind of like the St. Joe's list. It, it might, eh. yeah, it's kind of like the St. Joe's list where you're like, good players, you know, uh, Reggie Jackson, 
Wait, Reggie, like the guard Reggie Jackson? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He went to he went to, he went to BC. Yep, yep. Craig Smith, who again fits in the boat that we've been echoing all night. Big man, but he's six seven. Wait, did, <laughs> did Reggie Jackson play all four years for BC? Um, I had no clue he went to BC. He 08 to eleven, so three so three, three three seasons, yeah. But I mean, you look at his his junior year. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have come back either. Um, Eighteen points a game, shooting forty two percent from three, over fifty percent from the field, four and a half assists a game. Yeah, that that that's crazy too because we are the same grade. Like I started college in '08 and yeah. I finished in '12, and I didn't even I don't even think I I ever realized I probably knew back when I was in school, but I don't think I remember he went to BC. By the way, I, if we're gonna consider one. You know, and I think we have to consider this if we added some of the St. Joe's names on there. Jared Dudley, in his senior season at BC, averaged 19 a game with eight rebounds, shooting 56% from the field and 44% from three. You said we might need shooters. If if he any at any chance makes it, then we got to put Pat Calathis on that then. From St. Joe's, and we're going to just be like, he can shoot because he ain't no Kyle Corver, right? Kyle Corver was like, that's true. Like, and we got Dougie Buckets, who might be like our four off the bench. He might not even oh, make no. the team. Yeah, no, we 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 got to get down to DC. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking at one thing. Let's see here. So we're down in DC now. I have the list. Man, there's okay. We're we're gonna go just off draft picks. Okay. Uh, Iverson on. You yep. yep. Morning. Yep. <laughs> Mutumbo. Which yeah, it's interesting because um, were they not? Oh no, why why weren't they highlighted for any? Oh, because the pictures. Man, that's not helpful. All right, morning. And Dikembe, and we have all our centers that we need. Um, I wonder if Alonzo can play small forward. Jeff Green. Jeff Green is an interesting one because he has easily had a better pro career than 80% of the people on his list because some people just didn't go pro. And he had a heart procedure in the midst of all that. And he signed to Jordan Brand. I know it's not the same equating, but that's also a factor. I'm like, I bangs with that. Bangs with that awfully heavy. Put him on. Put him on. Okay. He, he might get cut, but put him on. Yeah, I got, you know I, I got love the for dude Pierce. I think his name, his name wasn't Pierce. Who was his name? Pittman. Pittman, who played for Georgetown. He's their all-time leading scorer. He never amounted to anything in the pros, but in college, he was getting buckets. Did he even get drafted? Hit he man. played on some summer league teams. That's so crazy that if he's not on there. You know, there's some other ones on there. Greg Monroe, just some names that I hadn't seen in, in the in The, the Scarecrow. The Scarecrow yep. was good for them. Uh, Dewan Summers. Hibbert, Fabid. Uh, who was the little dude that they had? Uh Back back in those Hibbert days, maybe they had a guard that used to just give people problems, and I can't remember who it was now. 
will you pop up? I mean, and and obviously, you know, here's an interesting thing: do we, how are we going to pick a coach too? There's we so many great coach. coaches. We know, we well, know the, the coach. Are, you, are, are we being biased, or are we gonna? No, we ain't being okay. biased. We okay. know the coach. I was just thinking if you were trying to go for for Jack, but no. Mm-mm. Come on, man. There is no better Jesuit coach in the history of Jesuit schools. You going, David? Mr. Thompson? You know it, man. Okay, just making sure. Why? Why can I not find this individual that you speak of? It's Big John, by the way, not David Thompson, but Big John Thompson. Oh, I apologize. Yeah. Come on, baby. I Mike mean, Sweetney, man, dude. Mike Sweetney, I remember had like one good game, and I've remembered him for the rest of his career. Mike Sme- Mike Sweetney used to ball in big games in college. Like his name was always like Mike Sweetney hit a three. I'm like, okay, cool. This guy, he's a pressure <laughs> player. <laughs> Again, center at six eight. Yeah, it makes no sense. How? Why can't we get big men? I, don't I mean, know. I know why because they want to go to UNC, but like, <laughs> we do get a lot of big men. I'm like, damn, <laughs> can't get a guard. <laughs> also, if we want to throw another name out there, Otto Porter, but he never. I can't stand Otto Porter, dude. I've never been an Otto Porter. Is it the fan. face? I feel I like he's one of those dudes that just has like one of those faces that you don't want to like. I think he's just a guy who is not good at basketball, but he plays hard, so we think he's good at basketball. Like he's a guy. That, like, if you, if you're doing a pickup team. Nobody wants to play with them, so they pick them so that they don't have to play against them. It's just like, yo. It's like you're trying way too hard. Yeah. He's like, he's like Patrick Beverly without the skill. And Patrick Beverly doesn't have that much skill. I, I think that's fair. Okay, so we, we, got, a, we got a big list. Um, do we want to say down to eight or nine as a solid rotation? I think we go five and five. Five and five, I think. Five and five. Five and five. five, so, and five. So do we, but, but do we do – are we going positional list or are we trying to really stick to positions? Mm. Not – and – and I think we have to do it by positions they play, not because you're a six-seven center, you can play small forward. Oh, I, I say we're trying to make the best team we can. Okay, so positionless basketball. Yeah, I, I want you know there might be more value in having that versatile guy. Okay, I'm not mad at it. I ain't mad okay. at it at all. So Wait, can you can you share your screen so that I can see the list? Okay, so we got we got the list now. It's a long list. We got 23 mofos. You, you, know, you know the other thing that I really love as I was typing it out? Just, I don't know why this makes me want to do it. I almost want to pick certain people just because of, like, the marketability of it. Like, we could have two guys going by D West. We could have two guys with the created surname of Buckets or Mick Buckets. <laughs> <laughs> and it hadn't really come to me in, until I went through it, but. You know what yeah. I also love about this team? Like, looking at all 23 names, we can have one team that is literally all civil rights before civil rights era basketball, and then we can have one team that was all after civil rights era. Like, we can have a completely super white Catholic team. Dude, we can have the blackest team ever. <laughs> <laughs> like you got John Stockton and Allen Iverson possibly on the same roster. That is insane. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're not going to take into account uh, how relatable they are to one another and how they might get along in a locker room. <laughs> <laughs> that's the coach's duty. That ain't on us. Yeah, no, that, that's what John Thompson is there for, which I feel like John Stockton's going to have to sit down in that case. I ain't going to lie to you. John Stockton may never get minutes with John Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> At least Steve Nash I mean, is from Africa. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> 
you're gonna be looking at John Stockton like, yeah, you got skill, but uh, I don't think that you gonna make this squad. <laughs> we do need a manager and a water boy. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, folding towels? <laughs> All right, let, let, let's let's. Are are there any players on here that you believe? Or slam dunk oh. have to be on. Slam dunks. And and it can be more than the, than the 10 because we can whittle down from the 10. Okay. okay, so the ones that, to me, have to be on. And, and I'll, I'll throw the name out. You say yes or no. Mm-hmm. In, in going down the order. I'm listening. I'm listening. Steve Nash. Yes. Baylor. Yes. Russ. What was that? William Felton Russell. Yes. Okay. I thought you were giving me a hard time. No, I, I really didn't hear you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought just because of all of our arguments are Bill oh, Russell. No, 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 you're no. like, nah. <laughs> Respect him too much. Um, yeah, man, now I'm doubting John Stockton. Um, <laughs> Dwayne Wade. Yes. The four, you, uh, four Georgetown guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that already puts us at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's crazy. Right. There's so many names on there that I want to pick. So, but th- those are the people who like we're gonna look at. Like, okay, those are the ones that are. And that's no Stockton on there, by the way. But but you know what's funny about that because we're taking people at their peaks. He Jameer Jameer had- ha- has to be on there. He oh won yeah, every award possible in college. That's his peak. Then that's a yep. high, on, high, high peak. On, yep. I think that I think Hank Gathers have to be on there. He was literally uh-huh. going to be Player of the Year, first person to ever lead it in rebounds and points, and was probably going to be the number one pick if he didn't die on the court. I, I got to look at this person's stats one more time. Who Morrison? No. I'm thinking we're, we're going back to like, Iowa. Ooh, Dougie. I mean, he's number six all time in college scoring. scoring. Yeah, and you know, you know, it's funny. You know how he ended up getting. I mean, his dad worked there, but the reason why nobody Harrison Barnes, yeah, yeah, Harrison. It's crazy. It is people crazy. think Harrison was a bust in college. Harrison averaged eighteen for his career in college. He played two years. That's not a bust. <laughs> like, no. He was balling. No, no, no. Um. Okay. Well, we're already over ten. I know, I know, but it's, it's, that's the fun. Man, and, and like you look at the list, right? And you're like, I mean, we just flat out left John Stockton out. We, we left KC Jones out. Left KC Jones out. We left Paul Silas. Though we got to put Paul Silas. Okay, yeah, Paul Silas. Like, come on, man. We we left David West, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Dang. You love Adam Morrison out, who literally lit up the NCAA. Like, literally lit the NCAA. He was like, you can't stop me. I'm scoring any way I want to. Yeah, man, this is a tough list to make. <laughs> this, is, this is a lot Cause, of Because the, the tough part is my, my instinct on all of these is NBA. Which, like, even on that, I don't think the list changes that much apart from – Jameer obviously gathers. And, Actually, yeah. honestly, but Jameer has an All Star. He has an All Star. I don't. I and think, made a Finals. I think as the second best player on his team. Yup, I'm gonna keep it real, and I know it's bias. I would take. Yeah, we, we need one. We need one. I would take Jameer Nelson on his overall list over Alonzo Mourning. 
Yeah, I I would. Especially with Alonso. now, now somehow we have like almost more big men than guards, which is weird. So okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna organize this a little bit into big and small. So we got just because I feel like that'll that'll actually help us whittle down a team if we're just. We gotta put Stockton on. We gotta stop just. Okay, okay, yeah. but we got. <laughs> you know what? If we put Patrick Ewing on, we gotta put Stockton. On. Yeah, we can't hold him to the sins of Carl Malone. Okay. <laughs> So I'm gonna go small wing. I thought we was going positionless though. No, no, I'm just trying to see him out, like kind of size wise. Um, okay, so we got Nash. Throw weight. No, we'll, yeah, we'll just go like all star voting, backcourt, frontcourt type idea. Okay. So we got Nash, Wade, AI, Jameer, Stockton. Larger individuals, or Jesuit bigs, uh, Elgin Baylor, Russ, Ewing, Morning, Dikembe, Gathers, McDermott, I guess, would fall in that category. Silas. Wait, wait, who's that one after Gathers? Dougie. Buckets. So, is Zoe out? Or I think, believe it or not, like I think we need someone like McDermott that just like is a scorer. I think I, I feel overall, like I want to keep him. If I'm going to be honest, overall, who had a better career, Dikembe Mutombo or Alonzo Mourning? That's what I was between. Because Dikembe Mutombo has a defensive player of the year. Alonzo Mourning has a championship. Okay, let's 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 take a look at what they did. Dikembe Mutombo. Mount Mutumbo, that is. Mount Mutumbo. Eight-time All-Star, six-time All-Defense, three-time Block Champ, three-time All-NBA, four-time Player of the Year, and two-time Rebounding Champ. Strong career by most accounts. So, one less All-Star, one less All-NBA, two less Defensive Player of the Years. Did have a champ. One less um, block title, four times less on the all-defensive team, but averaged 17 and eight and a half for a career to Dikembe's 10 and 10. But Dikembe played like 10 more years, I feel like. <laughs> he, played yeah, he played till he was 40. And, and he Morning, played five, five, five more. Well, And Alonzo Mourning had that kidney issue, so he retired quickly and then came back after a few years. It's actually only like two more years. So, yeah. So, two more actual calendar years. So, yeah, because Zoe came in at 22. So, that's the other thing. Dikembe didn't play until he was 25 in the NBA. It so, honestly, I feel like, like Dikembe Mutombo was the better player. Alonzo Mourning had, more, had more success. I, I think that would be fair to say. So, what does that mean for our team is the question. Take both of them off. <laughs> <laughs> if you have, if you have, I would yeah. honestly speaking, I think that if we're looking at this team, this team is packed full of scores. We need somebody who's going to be a consummate defender, and Dikembe was a better defender by what you okay. just said to me with, yep. with those statistics and with the defensive player of the year award. And so I'm going to take Zoe out. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't think we touch the the backcourt. What are your thoughts on that? 
is Russ not Russ is uh wait we're forgetting somebody all right yeah Oscar which which Oscar the Oscar triple double Oscar uh he went straight from high school if I'm not mistaken no he went to San Francisco I don't believe so okay college Oscar Robertson, yes. University of Cincinnati. He went to Cincy? Shit. I thought it was San Francisco. All right. Christmas Attucks High School. Didn't know that there were high schools named after Excuse me, sir. Christmas Attucks. First person ever died in a Revolutionary War, and he was black. And he was killed by the Revolutionaries, not the British. Still was the first person to die in a Revolutionary War. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That, that, that's a, another stain on the history of racism in Boston. Ain't that like, shit crazy? It's like, we yeah, can we afford that one. <laughs> yeah, we know, we know you're on the right side, but fuck you. For you got a pick, someone to shoot from a window. You know Let's see if these rifles work. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucked up. Uh, oh, I thought, for some reason, I thought he went to uh, Cincinnati, not San Francisco. All right. Yeah, the, so, the, think, the, other, the other San Francisco one was KC. Was, was Casey, okay. I, honestly, yeah, I think the backcourt has to stay. If I had, if we were going to cut somebody from the backcourt, it would probably be Stockton for me, just because he had the longevity, he has the records in the NBA. But mm-hmm. I think peak wise, if you're telling me that John Stockton, his peak, whatever it was, because it wasn't Gonzaga, if it was with Utah, was better than Jameer Nelson's peak at St. Joe's, I'm not going to believe that. If we were just, I, if, I, I would agree. Yeah, if we made everything even. But Nash, Wade, Iverson, Iverson was. A two-time player of the year, defensive player of the year, number one draft pick, the fifth, I think, fifth pound for pound goat, huh? Pound for pound goat, pound right for there. pound goat, and and if we got all these Georgetown players and Iverson gets cut, that's insane. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay, so that that puts us at twelve still. Okay, which is actually a roster, but we want to get to ten, so we got to go to ten. We got to we got to commit. We got to do five and five, baby. Is Dougie out? He's the sixth leading scorer. I know. History. But like, you, like you said, we have Baylor. We have Iverson. We have Wade. We have Nash. You know, like, we got people that can put the ball in the hoop. And I do feel like Doug McDermott might be a bit of a liability on the defensive end. And by might, I mean will. <laughs> well, if we're going to be honest – Two, uh, one third of our team is a liability on the defensive end. Jameer Nelson is five eight. <laughs> Correct. And Allen Iverson is maybe an inch taller. One defensive player of the year. <laughs> <laughs> that never happened for Delonte or Jameer. But I would say this though. I would say this. If although I, I think the, the 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 only thing that makes me feel like Dougie might have to stay in is. We don't have any any. There's any no like stretches. three four. Yeah, yeah we, have we have no Elgin Baylor. Forwards. And if we're playing positionless basketball, we have Bill Russell. Yeah, we have no real stretch for it. Like Doug Doug McDermott is literally the one. He's like, you go play five four or three. Yeah, it, good good for a little foul trouble potential. This is a question. Play. I know, you know how I feel about this guy, and I don't mean to bring my bias into it, but I have to. Okay. Why are we and I and I was I I think that we should have kept him originally, but I'm asking you now. Why are we keeping Patrick Ewing? What did he ever do to make us believe that he was that great? Besides the the aura around Patrick Ewing, he never he literally never won anything. 
and he lost he lost a championship that was the biggest upset in NCAA history at that time to Villanova. And he made had, some ugly ass shoes. Made some terrible shoes. Played for the Knicks, never really got out. Even when Jordan retired, the Knicks still never even made it to the point where we thought they were going to win the championship. Only people in New York thought they were going to win the championship. So it was uh, like that's, that's normal for most New York sports. Nah, because most of those New York sports play in Jersey. <laughs> I'm, all, hey, I'm just saying it's been twelve or eleven full seasons now without the Yankees winning a title. So, all right, we gonna talk about that. So, we'll, we'll wait till baseball season. But I, I have no problem taking Pat out because I, I think he, he's kind of in a similar boat with Stockton, where the question is also for this particular list: what was his peak? Like, you know, he was around for a while and he was a good player, but. If I want them at their absolute best. Dikembe, I mean, I don't know how Ewing, Ewing was better than Dikembe. I like Dikembe more, but if we're going to peak, Ewing was better than Dikembe. Okay. Look at let's look at Paul Silas. See, I mean, it ain't great. It ain't great. I thought he was cooking. Ah. Uh, I mean, he was a role player in, in for a lot of his career in the pros towards the end. So those numbers might not be good, but what was his college? Oh, number? okay. Yeah. So let me, let me pull up his great numbers, but nine and a half points and 10 rebounds a game, which I guess actually is comparable to Dikembe. Yeah. Um, let's see here. He played. Oh, that's well, that's showing his NBA players. That's why. Uh, let's see here. Paul Silas's stats at was it Creighton? Is that what he said? No. Okay. So. His freshman year, twenty-two and twenty-two and a half. <laughs> you know, you know what's crazy? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He 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 got worse as college went on. <laughs> but you, but you know how crazy that is that it's just like yeah you know 20, you know it's even crazier if he had shot like maybe near fifty percent from the field oh, shooting like thirty nine percent in 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 order freshman through junior year forty and a half forty one and under forty he shot worse than Iverson and Iverson is like ten inches shorter than him. he had his best year from the free throw stripe uh, as a junior where he just got over the hump above sixty percent. And he was still getting buckets? Yeah, so his years were 22 points, 22 and a half boards, freshman year. Okay. 21.2, 20 and a half. <laughs> he averaged 20 and 20. And then I, I think he had to have been partying his junior year because he only averaged 18 and a half and almost 22. Dude, it's ins- those are insane okay. numbers. In. For- He's in. He's in. He's in. Dude, dude he has to be in. <laughs> Dude, he, those are insane numbers for somebody who literally couldn't shoot. <laughs> like, again, as a center, like, he was six foot seven, which when he was in college in the early 60s was a large human being. Okay, Dude, so that's he, he's in. His college numbers are ridiculous. That, Not that was very funny. No, horrific. I don't want to know what his PER was. His PR is in the t- his PR is worse than mine, and I never played in the NBA. <laughs> so I think okay. we got to take out Dikembe. 
I, I think so. Because Hank Gathers is in. Got it too. Where's my list at? Let's see. So so, the, I, I got them I put, separated. I put, the, I put the list back in the chat. So this is the people who are left. Okay. Nash, Wade, Iverson, Nelson, Stockton, Baylor, Russ, mm-hmm. right now Ewing, Dikembe, Gathers, and Jimmy Buckets. I mean, not, not Jimmy Buckets. It's not Jimmy. And, and Silas, right? And Silas, yeah. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five, six. Got to get rid of one. It has. It probably has to be a guard at this point. Wait, I thought, wait. Did we, did we get rid of Dikembe? Yeah, I got rid of Dikembe, which puts right, us at so eleven, and we have four point guards. Doctor. Yep. We don't have four point guards, sir. We have one point guard and three killers. <laughs> You're right. Jameer is a point guard. <laughs> yeah, Jameer is a point guard. Everybody else, hey, watch me work real quick. I love when they asked Iverson that in his Hall of Fame. He's like, so were you a point guard? I wasn't a point guard. I was a killer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I love that that's exclusively how him and Isaiah Thomas refer to each other at all times, too. Yeah. Killer. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that gives us 10. What's the starting five? All right. Let me, let me put it back in the chat. This okay. Final 10. Nash. Here, uh, I, I keep wanting to just copy it over. Problem is I got my PC here, and then that's I'm on the map. We in this thing together. AI. Nelson. Ewing gathers buckets. <laughs> All right, and Silas. And Silas is already there. Oh, I'm missing somebody. Oh, no, yeah, you got him at the top. Uh, Nash, Wade, Iverson, Nelson. Oh, Baylor. Get, My bad, Baylor. And Russ, right? You get Russ. Boom. Okay, cool. All right, who do we know can't play off the bench? Iverson? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want Wade off the bench. And Gathers? I think Nash can play off the bench. I, I agree. I, I think Nash can definitely come off the bench. I think Jameer Nelson, can. Jameer can come off the bench for sure. It's a very um, backcourt, but yeah. Okay, so so if we're looking at there, starting five, AI, Wade. Ooh, that's sexy. Baylor, I think, has to be in a starting five. Yeah, I'm thinking whether it's a three or four. I, I think, you know what I think we do? And, and obviously, you can shut this down if you wish. But I'm going to go Baylor at the three, Gathers at, the, at a small – actually, he might be the three size-wise. <laughs> he played power four, but he was like six six. Okay, we're gonna go gathers at the three. Baylor as the stretch four already. And then Pat probably. I was gonna go Russ. No, I want Russ off the bench as like Think about again, that. Who's, playing de- who's playing defense in that starting five better than Russ? No one, but like I, I'm almost viewing Russ as how the Celtics use Marcus Smart the last couple of years, where it's like, okay, you're a little, you're you're just the little asshole that's going to bother everyone, and you can play one through five because you're that good of a defender. You need to go check this guy. If that's and the as, case, as an energy thing too. If that's the case, shouldn't that be Silas's role? Since he couldn't fucking shoot. <laughs> 
Okay. I just like, do you think Pat can come off the bench? I think Patrick Ewing could come off the bench better than I think Patrick could come off the bench and affect the game better than Bill Russell coming off the bench and affect the game. Cause I, cause we've seen Bill Russell win without having to do anything besides be the leader on the floor. We've never seen Patrick Ewing do that. And if you got Patrick Ewing and Paul size coming off the bench, good luck in that middle. You know, what also makes me just thinking that would be really fun is the fact that a guy like Bill Russell also by, I mean, especially for his era, but by all accounts, if you gave him like modern medicine stuff, could probably go with the ball in his hand and just stand at the top of the key while everyone else moves around. I can see that. Like just Iverson being able to run off screens Mm -hmm. and not have to have the ball in his hand the whole time and just make something happen. So I'm I'm, I'm there with Russ. I think people forget that like, I mean, people probably don't even know. Iverson in college is not the Iverson we've seen with the Sixers. Like he played a, a lot of a different game in college. Like he didn't always dominate the ball. He was once again defensive player of the year. Like he was dunking on people. Like, he was a different kind of guy. And then when he got to the league, he had to literally score almost all the points because who was going to score? Yeah, no. The, uh, again, I he's always the one I think of. But Aaron McKee as your second option is not great. Not the best, and that's my guy, North Philly's own, but not the best. Our but okay, okay. So that that puts our team this way: starting five of Allen Iverson, Dwayne Wade. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm typing okay. these up. The answer: Flash, Flash, Hanky Buckets. Wait, no. That's not his... Can we call him Henny? <laughs> no, we're Henny not Hathers? calling. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any nicknames on here? Let's see. So they didn't. Philly. That's what his coach called him. Okay. I'm with it. Um, where, where'd my list go? Then it's Elgin Baylor. Uh, can, can we just give him Yoel Romero's name? Just because, you know, we, we thought of him by war earlier. Let's call him the Soldier of God. I was going to call him Drafted, but yeah, I like Soldier of God. <laughs> drafted in multiple ways. <laughs> uh and then the greatest winner ever. Yeah. That's a fucking crazy five. Yeah. That's a crazy five, dog. And, and again, like, this this bench five is still very good when you look at peaks. So, you have the only Canadian-South African hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> white African. It's like a white <laughs> Russian, but just a little more culture. Yeah, Nashty was not a great nickname. No. It was all right, but it that's, was forced. Uh, the little man from the little school who beats everyone. It's a guarantee. I mean, the next one goes without saying. The pride of Creighton, Jimmy McBuckets. Also, apparently, Jameer Nelson's nickname was Crib Midget, which just feels offensive. Um, Paul Silas at the four, which leaves us uh, with Pat Ewing at the five. Hoya Destroya. I don't hate that nickname. That's a great nickname. Yeah. Do you like my name? It's not not great when it's sandwiched between Big Pat and Pat. No. 
So I, like, I gave him, that, yeah, I, I gave him it. a sweaty pad. <laughs> <laughs> number six in your programs, number one in your churches. Yep. <laughs> uh, it, it's crazy because there's so many names on there that I would love to fit into a team. Like a, a Jimmy Buckets, a Corver, you know, even the Stocktons, but just like kind of the more fun ones. But have have I swayed you that this is a better team than you expected it to be? No. So I we listen. I think that this team is a championship team. That's not what I'm what I'm going against. I I think that this team. I would play. I would love to watch this team more than I would love to watch any other blue blood team come together. It's just that when we measure it up. Well, yeah. Like you can't. This team wouldn't be able to hang with the all time Duke team. I was gonna say you gotta go ACC then. I don't think you can go like a Duke okay. Team. Yeah, that's fair. That's I think I think this team can hang with any all time school. I mean, like we, yeah. We actually, I take that school. back. When when the number six all time NCAA scorer is coming off the bench as your maybe fifth option off the bench, maybe <laughs> <laughs> he might be six and there's only five players on the bench. <laughs> He's like, yo, Doug, get out of here, bro. Treat him like yeah. Christian Leitner on a dream team. We literally have a two-time MVP who we didn't even consider for the starting five. We have the all-time And, and, and I love – and we love this individual, which says yeah. something about the two that had to play over him. Yes. We have the all-time leader in steals and assists didn't make the team. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like, this is a banging squad. I'm just thinking about it. If we're doing, like, all-time type of schools – I think that this squad would be top five all time if you're doing like if it was a conference, conferences and all that kind of stuff. Or all time public schools, like I think that we can make all top five. It just gets real janky because I trust Iverson, I trust D Wade, I trust Hank Gathers, I trust Elgin Baylor, I trust Russ. Everybody else on the bench, I really, really like. I don't know if I trust. <laughs> well, no, no, don't lie. We know you don't like Patrick Ewing. I like Pat in Georgetown. I'm liking what's here. <laughs> you, you, hear, you hear that like elevation in, in the octave there? What do you mean, man? <laughs> <laughs> when a black man's voice get that high, he lying. I'm gonna put that out there. Yeah, like I, the only person on the bench who I, I don't actually I don't trust anybody on the bench except for Jameer at his peak. It's the only one because Steve's Steve Nash never won anything. Never won anything. That's true. He won my heart. Listen, I love me some Steve Nash, but he was—he licked the, his fingers when he touched the ball. That's to be fair, it's—it's—it's going to be interesting when Paul Silas gets guarded by like a, any anyone. Because <laughs> I, I can't imagine there were many people that he was facing mm-hmm. uh, in, in Creighton's division back in 1960 that were giving him oh. problems to shoot only 40 percent. And Paul Silas literally was built like a grown man when he got the Creighton. And like, if you look at our bench. There's three players on our bench who literally have no go-to offensive move. <laughs> like, you just hope that their athleticism can take them to the rim because they have I, I, no – Honestly, I'm just letting Steven Jameer just run off picks. Yes. Or like, it's, it, that, that bench is just pick and roll, and then if Dougie's there, it's a pick and pop. That's literally, literally, I better see Paul Silas and Patrick Ewing be setting picks by half court. Like, they better just be running <laughs> confused picks because that's the only way they get in the rock. Yeah, no. It, it's uh, – and that, that's a small 
It's a small backcourt for sure on the bench. Both like, backcourts are small. Like, like honestly, when it's coming in, it's on, honestly, like a part of me for just size wants to, like, it doesn't fix the problem, but just because Iverson played bigger than he was, I almost want to like put Nat or like Jameer in the starting lineup with Iverson and then run Wade off the bench just for some size and scoring. Yeah, because you like I'd rather put two small guards there than to put one small guard in one kind of sort because D Wade is only six three. I think we forget he just is super yeah. athletic that we act like he's like six six. If D Wade was six he, six, he always felt six seven just because of how many blocks he would. Oh given. my gosh! If if D Wade was six five, six six, he could have claimed to be the greatest player to ever live. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking. I feel like he, yeah, he would have done stuff that we look at uh, Durant now, where it's like, well, there's no one to compare you to. Yeah, just I mean, it's the same way with Iverson. It's the same way with a lot of these dudes. Like if he. Like if 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 Steve Nash was six five with the same skill set, he'd be like Steph Curry. I would say he, he they would they wouldn't even they wouldn't even think Luka Doncic was special. No, because Steve Nash could actually shoot. So like, yeah, like he would have been way better. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, and I feel like yeah, that's one of the things where it's like I think like, Curry's one of those weird ones just because he he popped up. He he's always felt smaller than he is to me. Yeah, Curry's big point guard. Yeah, he's six foot, listed six three. Yeah. That is that is a large human being, and he feels smaller just because of where he's shooting from. But he also you associate weighs, that like, with. I think it's also because he weighs a hundred pounds. I think that's what yeah, it is. Soaking, like he's soaking wet. He's about one thirty five. Yeah, he's he's six three. He, he, but could, he, he could cut down to fight Mighty Mouse. Yeah, I think that's why we look at him like that because literally he has never really gained a good amount of muscle on him. So even though he's tall, we look at him like, uh, what are you going to do about this whole weight thing? Like, are we going to just like rot out? Okay. Speaking speaking of which, because we we should uh, we've been going on this for a while. So that that's the team. Well, that's a good team. That's man. a great team. That's a fun team. That's a team I want to play with in two K right now. Dude, that's that, a, that, that's a team that I would actually buy 2K again for the first time in a couple of years to play with. Dude, that's a team that if they had a jersey sale, if you could get a lot of jerseys of a team, I'm getting all of those jerseys. I want Patrick Ewins, though, to come already moist. Like, I want it to be like, dude. <laughs> authentic. <laughs> Truly authentic. It, there, there's, a, there's some great, even just like Sports Illustrated covers in that list, too. Like, Ooh, Doug McDermott had one. Obviously, Jameer's. There's some interesting ones. Iverson had a couple. I'm sure Russ has had his fair share. This this is one, too. All right, so this is the last question about this team before we close everything up. Where do they play? It has to be a Jesuit school. But you don't have to use the same jerseys. So you can pick the jerseys because we got, we got our coach. So I'll say we got to pick where they play and what jerseys they rocking. Um, it's got to be on the East Coast. I, I think it's got to be Georgetown. I was thinking the same thing, dude. Like I'm like those Georgetown with the with the Kente cloth print. Like you gotta like that's oh so that that was where we gotta play. I, I hadn't even gone. Oh, you trying to play in DC? I think we gotta play on the East Coast, but yeah, the jerseys are tough to match too. I, I like the the Creighton pure blue. Mm-hmm. I, I think those are those are pretty clean. Um, I, honestly, he, here's a here's a curveball. I don't hate 
Holy Cross. Get a little deep purple in there. Oh, the jersey. I was like, you want to play oh, it? No, no, I don't want to play in Worcester. <laughs> no offense to Joyner Lucas. I don't want to play my team's games in Worcester, Massachusetts. But if you look at, honestly, you know what? I had dope jerseys, Loyola Marymount. Pull them jerseys up. Those some filthy jerseys. They're so clean, red, the white. Let's see. Constantly college jerseys. Kind of that powder blue. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't hate those. We should pick an obscure Jesuit school to have the jerseys, though. Like, I like, I like the yeah, old see, I guess we did need to go through Detroit Mercy, LeMoyne, <laughs> Fairfield. Detroit Mercy jerseys are garbage. I'm I'm gonna go with Holy Cross, not actually knowing what their actual jerseys look like, just for the color scheme. Because I think it's the purple, right? Pur- purple plays, yeah. I think, it, I, but I think Holy Cross is dope because they have like they have like a cross inside of their jersey, like the name. Let's see, at least I've seen that before when I used to play. Yeah, because the even just the HC kind of makes the cross interesting. See, this is how you know. Their basketball program is not great. As I searched Holy Cross jersey, and it's giving me a bunch of hockey and, and football. Yeah, that's how you know they're, they're they're not the best. Or I'm not I'm not mad at Boston College jerseys, man. That they're not gold bad. In that crimson, <laughs> those are pretty swaggy. Yeah, I, I'm I'm down with it. There's some yeah, the gold and crimson. Plus, you throw in the red bandana here and there. Mm, we blood. You can you can play with that because the red bandana that brought a whole new level. Of, I mean, obviously the story behind this is a story for another day, but that brought a whole new swagger to Boston College uniforms. Like like that's the game every year where I'm like, oh, they're playing Clemson. No, 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 put your money on Boston College. Like, <laughs> but the problem is they keep playing it in like November whenever they have a big game. Yeah. It's like you you kind of got to play that around nine eleven, you know, for the for why you wear it. Yeah, it makes sense. Because when when they did that, that's when they would roll like top 10 Florida State or USC or whoever else. I'm like, you know, that's when you swear. But I digress. We'll wrap it up. Final thoughts because we didn't get into it. Max Holloway, the GOAT. Oh, my gosh. I was here, I was here with, my, with one of my, my buddies, um, one of my oldest college friends, and I was in here wilding, and she was like, what is wrong with us? I was like, I have so much anxiety right now. My man Max is about to fight. And if he takes one bad hit, it could be over for him because the person he's fighting has dynamite. He took a lot. I think I I was looking at the stats earlier. I think there were – where did I have it? In terms of significant strikes, I think one of Max's wasn't. And – oh, no, okay. One of Calvin's was not a significant strike, and two of Max's were not. But that's what I mean. Like, I, when we talked about the, I think it was in the last podcast when I said Max Holloway takes a lot of shots, but he doesn't get hit hard because he rolls with the shots. Mm-hmm. He does what Anderson Silva learned how to do after he got knocked out, where it was like, that's why Izzy couldn't hurt Anderson Silva. I mean, he also, yeah. I don't think he actually tried to hurt him because he loves him too much, but I think that he rolls with the shots. Well, like, he gets hit a lot, but they aren't damaging shots because he learns how to take the power and move with it as opposed to trying to fight through it. And I've, I don't think I've, I know prisoner of the moment. I don't know if I've ever seen any <clears throat> any MMA fighter fight a better fight than what Max Holloway did. No. Um, I, I guess the only argument you could make is, 
you know, it has to be something that's completely different, but equally dominant. Like when Khabib had like 20 plus takedowns in a fight, you know, like, yeah, in terms of a, a pure striking match, I've never, I've never seen Max better. And yeah, I don't think, I mean, and I don't think we're crazy to say that when Anik and DC kind of echoed that same sentiment that it might be the best performance ever. But I would say this about people like Khabib, like even though he had those 20 something takedowns, Max also stuffed takedowns. So like to me, Khabib was dominant with the wrestling, but his striking wasn't dominant. Especially Max was dominant like, with yeah. the striking and his defense was dominant at the same time. And I, I hate that it happened, had to happen to Calvin Cater. Dude, he got – his face was a different hue. I was looking at him like I was sitting there with my buddy, and I was like, I was like, he's going to look different. Like, this is like I – mean, yeah, no, those, those are the type of fights that while everyone's hat is off to him for making it, uh, that's a fight where you're never the same human again. No. No, you, part of your part you of your, Yeah, part of your prime and the end of your life just got cut down short. There's, there's no way to, like, he may never be able to, like, overtake a top five player fighter because of what he, the damage he took. Like, and I give him a lot of credit. He, I mean, he got, there was, what was it, the first round when he got dropped and it was like. So, he never got actually knocked down. There was one where he, like, got hit and then it was, like, a, almost a slip. Like a slip? He, okay. Max, Max was not credited with a single knockdown, which okay. is. See, I saw him go down. Right? Yeah, no, he. he he dropped, but yeah, he was like kind of just on his back foot and okay. tripped over his own feet a little bit more than it was okay. a knockdown. But I mean, because he shouldn't have survived that first round, and he got out of it. He was like, "I'm fighting." And that wasn't even that. the worst round. Like round four was probably the one where it's like, but it was weird. Like every time they were like, "You got to think about throwing in the towel," he would just find a way to land one, one, two, and Max would kind of like he would roll with it. But it was like, oh, maybe he's not as out of this fight. But yeah, at the end of I think four was it was like, yeah, that. Another yeah. 30 seconds and maybe. When Max wasn't even looking at him and still. Yeah, that was the punches. coldest. That might have been the coldest moment I've ever seen. I loved it. Watching. I absolutely love it. Like, and, and it wasn't like, it wasn't that he was looking away. He was in round five. Talking. Talking, but not just talking. Making references to interviews from Calvin Cater that week. He was slipping punches while not looking and returning blows directly to Cal- Calvin Cater's he, face. He was Roy Jonesing. I've never seen an MMA fighter Roy never. Jones like that in my entire life. Never. And a guy, Max doesn't knock anybody out at all with one shot. So the fact he was just like, I don't even, I'm not even going, I can't even hit you as hard as I want to hit you, but I'm going to keep tagging you. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to your corner. I'm going to slip these punches and I'm going to tell you how good I am. That's he's talking difference. to the commentators, but it, but it was like, you know, I think, and, and I think I saw DC mention this. It's almost even more impressive that it wasn't like he was just like, I'm the best. Like he was making referential notes about things that have been said during fight week. And I was like, this man has a wherewithal after every output that he's had. It, yeah. And he's, he's the goat. That's why he is who he is. Uh, I love I love Max. Blessed is one of my five favorite fighters of all time. He might be top three after that last fight. Like he was he was already pushing to be top three, and it has not. It has mostly do what he does in the octagon, but a lot of it what he does out of it. Like he's, mm-hmm. I bang with him as a person. I bang with his his persona, his character. But it is one of those things where I don't 
know how I feel about how much stock we put into the lightweight division when you have guys like Max Holloway who will move up and down any ranking to fight the best people when a lot of those guys don't do that a lot of times. Like, that's, that's one of those. You know, like, he went up and he lost to Poirier. And he lost to Khabib. No, he didn't fight. No, no, he lost, he lost to, to, uh, to Jose. Did he lose to Jose? Max? No. Beat him twice. Connor beat Max. I know Connor beat Max. That was, like, a different. Nah, I got, no, Con- Max, Max. Max moved up and lost to somebody important. No, I think he was, he was, he almost, he wanted to go fight Khabib. And then I think, I think they Khabib called him. Lost. I could be wrong, but I'm pulling, I, I'm pulling, I'm pulling it up now. I'm pulling okay. it up now. No worries. You looked everything up. I'm looking this one up. So I want to say it was one of the times that Khabib Ferguson got canceled. And Max, Max was – oh, no, no. It was the week – you know what it was? Max was going to fight him. And it was the week that he tried to cut like 20 pounds yeah, the night was, before. He was and he was on an up. interview and Bisping was like yeah, – he was Dude. like – He's like, what's wrong with you? He's like, what, huh? Like, and they, they call, they call yeah, you. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what, what it was. was. Yeah. But, okay. So, just to wrap up, final thoughts on, on this particular podcast. Uh, UFC 257 this weekend. The, the rematch six years in the weight making between two fighters that are very much different and very much, I would argue, one I think has gotten better than the other has since that time but also a different weight class. Like I think Poirier has gotten more Poirier has gotten better more than Connor has gotten better than the last Connor. Does that make sense? Are you saying that Poirier has gotten better from where he started than Connor has from where he started? Yeah, like I think if you look at that from a launching point, I think the argument would be Dustin has become has made more improvements as an all-around fighter from that version of Dustin Poirier than Connor has from that version of Connor. But I do also think that the line is fair and accurate, and I, I think I don't know what the line is at all, honestly. Connor, let me pull up the most recent lines. I also don't know how to read fighting lines. Okay, make any sense to me? So Connor McGregor, you would have to roughly wager three hundred dollars to win one hundred. Dustin Poirier, a $100 bet would bring you a profit of $225. So Connor is a favorite. That's a disrespectful number. You think? Yes, 100%, especially because Dustin Poirier has been far more active than Conor McGregor has in the last five years. Plus, Dustin Poirier, literally, you can argue, has better wins in the last five years. <laughs> like, If but, you really think you about know, we it, said, Connor, We said that going into the Max fight that – does more accumulated damage end up hurting you potentially? Because I, I do think, because I, I think, yeah, I, I definitely think it should probably be a little bit closer. But I think uh, Ariel Hawani, I think, was trying to make this argument that to a certain degree, I think at this point in, in the octagon, in terms of actual skill, is Conor McGregor now underrated? Because no. so many people no. attribute everything no. that's gone out on outside no. that. Son, how he's like not good anymore? No, no. Conor, to me, Conor McGregor is is. All right, this is going to get controversial. Conor McGregor to me is an elite athlete who practices mixed martial arts. 
I don't think he's an elite mixed martial artist who is working on his athleticism. I think Conor McGregor, because he has those fast, those quick twitch reflexes, mm-hmm. he has a, a dynamite left hand, he, he has really good head movement. I think that that's one of the reasons why he's been successful. I don't think Conor McGregor is like, if you think about baseball, I don't think Conor McGregor is a 5 2 player. I think he's a three two yeah, player, no, but fair. those three, but those three tools are so much better than a yep. lot of people's five. So it's like no matter what's gonna happen, we're gonna do what we gotta do. But I would say this, and what there is not, I don't think that that Dustin has beat anybody in the last three years. And we know we love Cowboy, who was worse, who was worse than Cowboy. I think everybody who, who Dustin beat in the last three years is a better fighter than Cowboy at this point when Connor beat him. See. Let's see. So off off top of my head, I mean, he beat Hooker, mm-hmm. Max, mm-hmm. Gaethje. Mm-hmm. At the time, Eddie was better. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it's no lie that he and before that was Showtime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Multiple former champs, and, and and fighters who all fought different. You know, there's a lot of strikers there, but like, which also I, I think I think them. you summed it up best. And Poirier, I think, is when you look at each individual, like who has more tools, it is Dustin Poirier. But those tools that Connor have are like levels mm-hmm. above. Yeah, I, I think I think Dustin Poirier honestly is a five-two fighter, but the five twos are like B pluses. I think his I think his striking actually is like an A. I think everything else is a B plus. He has really good boxing. Yeah, yep. really good boxing. But I think Conor McGregor has like maybe three tools, but those three tools are all A minus is minimum. So it's like yeah, it's it's all like your night is over if if I do it the right way. Because you you know the only thing not maybe not the only thing, but in my mind the only thing that has ever held Conor McGregor back inside the octagon, not outside, but inside the octagon is his gas tank. Oh, for sure. That's yeah, no, only- it's um, I, I mean, for sure, the longer this fight goes, the more it favors Poirier. Um, you know, he's definitely the you know, if you're looking at a money value pick, it's got to be him. Just because if he survives one and a half, two rounds, yeah, he's in great shape. What's better for MMA, Connor wins or Connor loses? It depends on Connor's intent. If he is truly committed to this season that he calls it of wanting to fight three times this year so i know he said it last year then covid happened and then uh, different white fights happened. were both yeah dana, dana white happened for sure if he is truly committed to it i still think that connor winning is better for the sport because he will always bring more eyeballs to the sport it may be for the wrong reasons that he does so like you know, Dustin Poirier is never going to be the guy to get in trouble. Um, but he's also not the guy to be as brash and, and you know, he doesn't sell the way Connor sells. So I do think if – and obviously, I think Dana wants Connor to win for sure. Um, I'm curious to see what happens in the co-main event too. Um, less so, obviously, but – um, I, I want to see what Michael Chandler's re- really about. I have, yeah, Michael Chandler's been talking a whole lot since he signed with the UFC and hasn't fought one time. So I I am not sold on the Michael Chandler Express personally, but he also has a black son, so I'm rooting for him. So, you know, 
here we are with this. Like, I don't – I think that he has a great deal of confidence and that's what's needed. But I don't – like, it – that's why I look at the lightweight division. I'm like, everybody's hyping it up like this is the greatest division ever. I'm like, I don't see I, – I don't really see that. And re, one of the reasons why I don't see it is because you have a lot of great fighters and most of them never even won the championship. So you have a lot of contenders. Cool. Like, you have a great deal of contenders. But when you have somebody that's been dominant, even like the last, like if you really think about the last two two to three champions in the lightweight division, they've been so dominant that it was like everybody here is very, very talented, but you're not beating the guy. So does that make it the best division if the guy is going to win no matter what? I also have some trouble calling it the best division when the most desired matchup has never happened. To what, in history? It, well, in that particular division. like Oh, yeah. If yeah, if, Tony, if you yeah. can't have the most important fight, arguably to fans, you can't really make an argument that it's the best division when you had the champ and the guy that no one wanted to fight, and they never made it happen five times. So yeah, yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm rich. you know, it's definitely cursed. You know that fight, but you know, it's like I I don't know. Like I I can't call it that. You know, the same way I would look at. Like the middleweights had Anderson dominated, but then you had like real killers like Weidman, uh, Yoel. You know, you have like the new blood. Like Even I know you don't GSP like come up. Yep, GSP went up. Bisping was there as a as a staple. Um, Rockhold for a bit until he developed a glass chin. You got the elder Diaz. Yep, Nick's up there. Even the new blood. Like, yeah, the Izzy, Gastelum, Till going up. You know, like, those are not dudes that you want to fight. Like, that's a pretty fun division where you can see multiple, multiple champions. Mm-hmm. It was always no one was going to beat Khabib. Yeah, it's. It, I think that we get – I think that the UFC has done an amazing job selling people to fighters. But I think people who actually care enough to really be invested in it sees the cracks in the armor for all of these guys. And you're like, okay, like, like, like people who love John Jones, I really, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a John Jones guy, mostly, just mostly, not completely, but mostly. I can argue on John Jones guy. Yeah. You can argue John Jones has lost three of his last five fights. Yep. That's a real argument, right? Like, so but the UFC will not push to mention the, the ones that could, you know, with allegations could be overturned probably. Oh, the picograms. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that, but that's real. And I think that the UFC does a poor job of actually just leaning into the things that are wrong. I think they just ignore it or they, or they try to sell you a different narrative and it screws everything up because when you look at the guys, who came before the champions now, the guys who we really love, you saw their flaws. Like we saw multiple times. I think GSP is the greatest of all time. We've seen GSP get his ass beat multiple times and he might've won the fight, but at the end press conference, he looked like a broken man. It wasn't like you could pop him up. Like he's untouchable. There's nobody who can beat him. And he would say it like, this is hard. Like, I feel like I'm dying in here. Like what's going on? Yeah. And we like that. But now you got these guys who they, they everybody is trying to be Floyd Mayweather, where he's untouchable, can't lose, yada yada yada. That's and why he is the only Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, and Floyd Mayweather isn't the greatest boxer. 
So, like, what are we talking about here? Like, it's okay to lose. If also, yeah, being a defensive fighter does not work quite the same in MMA. I mean, no. it's like the, the people that make boring fights, quote-unquote. Like, the only people that I would put in that category are not for their defensive skill as much as how dangerous they are. Like, I feel like Wonderboy has had a, some history of being in some, quote-unquote, boring fights. But – it's not because of him. It's just, no, you don't want to miss because he won't, mm-hmm. you know, it was the same thing that I, I feel, you know, I know the Whitaker till fight got a lot of criticism, but then you talk to the actual fighters and, you know, Whitaker saying that's the most strategic fight I've ever had to fight. Cause neither one of them wanted to be the one that got countered. And it's like, you know, there's a truth to that. Like fighting reckless isn't fighting smart and it's a different sport. So definitely don't try and be Floyd. Yeah, I, I think that we forget that this is life and death at the at the crux of it all. Like I know we pretend like, yeah, everybody's gonna be okay. Everybody's not gonna be okay when when a lot of these kicks and punches land. And it's it, and I think that's why it shows you like the UFC showed us over and over again that they will build anybody up who is gonna sell the ticket, even if they aren't the most skillful person. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the fact that Ronda Rousey lost and just quit shows you everything you need to know about UFC building people up. And, you know, we both are Ronda Rousey people. But I predicted the Holly Holm loss. I was like, she's going to strike. Yeah, I bet speed. on Holly. Yeah, because everybody's saying that she's this phenomenal striker. I'm like, she's not a phenomenal striker. I love boxing. is my second favorite sport. Holly Holm's going to beat her. And knocked her clean the fuck out. And then it was like, okay, that was a mistake. Now we're going to do this yeah, with she, a man. She needed better this. coaching, too, because – they gassed her up more than the UFC did. They blew smoke up her ass. And that's what the UFC does. And I'm happy Izzy's a guy who comes and supports his teammates, whether he's fighting or not. I'm happy he goes and does ringside commentary. Now, I love the fact that, to me, people like that, even if whatever you think of him as a fighter, he is grounded in the point where he knows this is a business. And he knows that as soon as he loses, if he loses, the UFC is never come somebody. Back. Yep. Exactly. So he's milking it for everything it is while staying on top of his game where a lot of these champions, I think, lost it. Like, you saw it. We talked about it. DC in that last fight was pathetic. He was not in shape. He was probably the worst shape I've ever seen him in. And at the end of the fight, he poked me in the eye. DC, you've been poking him in the eye for three fights. What are we talking about here? And he's like, yeah, I had COVID, so I couldn't really train. Was, what? So, like, if you would have won, what would have been an excuse? You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of stuff. But but we piped it up. Like, this is for the greatest. DC is not a top five, maybe even top ten heavyweight, I think, ever in, in, in MMA history. But we piped it up like that. So he believed it to a certain extent because it was his last fight. DC is not a top ten heavyweight ever, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, it would have been interesting to see what happened if him and Kane were teammates and he would have wanted to fight there. But it's hard to believe that he would have ever beat Kane. So you think you think DC at heavyweight ever beats prime junior Dos Santos? Depends who gets to their one tool first. <laughs> yeah, that's real <laughs> shit. Because if he shoots and junior hitting with those hooks or uppercuts, lights out. But but if he takes junior down, done. Yeah. Because you know, like I I look at that fight the same way I look at him dominating Rumble. But Rumble is a lot smaller of a guy. Right. I, I'm saying, yeah, there's definitely differences in that. But was it Rumble that used to – Rumble used to fight at like 170, didn't he, at one point? Yeah. yeah. 
shouldn't ever be allowed. It's like the free. UFC should have been shut down for that, allowing that to happen. Cheating, like like yeah. like how Conor fought at featherweight. I was like, bruh. Or or how Till fought at welterweight. I think I, I remember reading the stat. He walked into the cage against Cowboy at two hundred two, fighting at one seventy, and it. Cowboy fought at one seventy because he just didn't feel like having to cut weight. That's what I mean. Like that's the kind of like shit he maybe like, walks around at like one seventy five. Like, do you think that? Do you think that and we're DC guys? That's our guy. Mm-hmm. You think he's a better wrestler than Randy Couture? No. And that's his number one trait. And if well, you they've about, crossed over time wise, or, or I guess because we're comparing all time, but we're just talking about all time. We're talking yeah. about heavyweights, just heavyweights. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah, like my, my thought is like, did DC beat more impressive guys though? But again, he didn't fight that much at heavyweight, so it's hard to really know. That's why. That's why it's hard for me to be like. At what point did we start believing that this was for the greatest heavyweight crown ever? I was do like, we what? Count, do we count Ubering or Overing? There's a question. We going Big O. Okay. Yeah. Big, big O DC might 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 have Ubering. I don't know. You know, like, and and that's and I think that the UFC UFC is the greatest seller of sports today. They are. I I dig it. I love it. I appreciate it. I watch it. I buy it. I said I buy it. Dana White. Um, it's one of these things where we got to really just start, we got to really start looking at it for what it is, as opposed to what they sell it to us, because they've been selling us a crock of shit and we just be like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Like, like the fact that Dana White came out and was like, if Max Holloway loses, then the next fight is for a championship. If Max Holloway wins, we'll see about it. It's like, what? Like we both. At least one of those fights that he fought against Volkanovski, he won. I think he won both, but at least one of them he won. So you telling me that you don't want to give him his third shot because it's not the popular opinion, even though there's nobody who can touch this dude. But also, that is the popular opinion. Like, I don't think there's a single fan that's like, nah, that, that guy shouldn't fight for the title. But hopefully hopefully, what they sold us this weekend lives up. Um, last weekend certainly held up. We got a fight tomorrow night, too. Yeah, we do. Which I, which yeah, I keep uh, forgetting, but we'll, we'll sign it off there. We'll see what happens, and uh, we got plenty more to talk about uh, in subsequent weeks. Uh, this is not where I saw it tonight going, but yeah, we got the all-time Jesuit greats, and, and I am I am not upset about it. Listen, I'm I'm all good with it. Hopefully, tomorrow during the inauguration, uh, all of the foolishness happens, but nobody dies. Yep. And if you die, then I may or may not have strong opinions about it. So signing off number six in your hearts, number one in your programs. I know I, I did I it backwards. The other way, yeah. I know I did it backwards on purpose because number six is in the program for me, but he's number one in your heart and vice versa. Okay. See? Fair enough. Come on, man. Bars, bars, Reese Dempsey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, I think I see where it going with this one, eh? Hey, hey, been around the world.
hold him back, yeah I did that Still kick raps that cause impacts So where my kids at? These motherfuckers hating Sounding funnier than Sinbad I'm ill as the pills that they give you when you collapse This at the other, kiss your mother with that mouth We the assholes that she warned you about We just storming the house, open doors to a cloud Got an absorbing style, just be sure to this well 6.30 in the morning and there still ain't signs of slowing down Twin sisters getting wasted so they both are down It's going down, thought I told you man If you tryna party, let me see you raise your There's hand There's a party on Fifth if you tryna go, if you tryna go, I can be there in like 20. I'm a hunk and then come running, cause we gotta hit the road. We gotta hit the road. Make sure you got a clean shirt, clean pants, new shoes. What I'm trying to do Hey, what's the difference between me and you? I know I'm believing you I'm flyer and Beetlejuice Don't count on the sheep to snooze I'm fucked up off weed and booze I party to sleep till noon What everyday people do So wait and see me improve Just give me a week or two See when you read the news My bitches all sleeping new My round talent is why My album is fly Your favorite record You gon' put it aside It's that old school shit Sounding good in the ride And fuck ten I'm only counting to nine Said it's that old school shit Sounding good in the ride So let's head out to the party there's a party on Fifth Ave. If you're trying to go, I can be there in like 20. I'm a hunk and then come running because we gotta hit the road. We gotta hit the road. Make sure you got a clean shirt, clean pants, new shoes. What you buy there, you choose. There's a party on Fifth Ave tonight. And that's what I'm trying to do. What's going on? There's a party. Hope the neighbors don't mind us getting loud. Homies to the left, all the ladies to the right. We came to get down. We gon' do that now. My light up shoes on, my light up shoes on, my light up shoes on. They love the way my kicks flash. This ain't a time to just sit back. Cause there's a party on fit there. There's a party on fit there. If you tryna go, I can be there in like 20. I'm a hunk and then come running. Cause we gotta hit the road. We gotta hit the road. Make sure you got a clean shirt, clean pants, new shoes. Trying to do